Oi, you lot, you listen to Garage Hammer, episode 192. On tonight's episode, the man who actually knows how to play Warhammer is apparently in England playing Warhammer. So, the fat manling got his old buddy to come back and tricked him into playing a game, and now that's apparently a show, because it's quality here at the, at the Garage Hammer Network. It's quality. So shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 192 of Garage Hammer. My name is Christopher Barnett. Really, Christopher Barnett, back on the show, in the host seat. And that, I suppose that that means that I'm Skip Stevenson. Skip Stevenson. I don't even know who the sponsors are right now. (laughs) (laughs) I might be in a little bit of trouble. Uh, I think we'll do okay. Uh, Yeah, hey folks. We're back. Alex is in England uh, while we're recording this because he's at the South Coast GT. He graciously allowed me to come back and occupy his seat for this episode. Yeah. um, Chris played Warhammer. I used to play Warhammer a long time ago. And and then he played like a week and a half ago or something like that. And uh, I'm here to talk about it a little bit, I guess. Yeah. So uh, before we do all that, we got to get all the intros-y stuff in. I'll take Okay, so uh, let's take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer. That's right, the people who give us stuff and things because they like the show. First of all, Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. And Six Squared Studios for all your basing needs. Um, And let's not forget now... We don't have commercials for them. We haven't figured all that out yet. It's been busy, folks. Get off my back. But Black Dog Hobby and Games in Love Park, Illinois, and the TC War Room in Traverse City, Michigan, both hubs of friendly local gaming in their their respective areas. So um, if you're in that area, stop by. Tell them Garage Hammer sent you. How do you like that? Is that Chris? That's pretty good. Is it? <laughs> uh, folks out there, I want you to imagine... He's doing the finger thing. That hey, <laughs> I am not doing finger guns. I'm holding the show notes. You're a big fibber. I might be a fibber, but I want you to imagine it anyway. <laughs> it's okay. Garage hammer. Hey guys. <laughs> pow pow. <laughs> Such a moron. <laughs> oh, okay. We should thank our Patreon patrons because. Um, yeah, Chris found out about this just now. He's like, they do what? People give you money for no reason. <laughs> you give them a free show, and they're like, no, no, take my money. And I'm like, yeah, that's basically what they're doing. They're kind of awesome. I wish you would throw to this when I was still part of it. There, I didn't know there was a this while you were still part of it. Um, well, but we I, definitely want to thank our associate producers, Phil Elliott and Dwight Sims, and as well as our executive producers, Misty Tempel, Big Jake, and Nicholas Nafliotis. Uh, oh, our newest sponsor is Sheldon Turner. Welcome, Sheldon. And thank you, Sheldon, and our producers, executive producers, uh, every single patron, uh, you know, uh, reward level, choosing non-reward level, choosing everything you want. Seriously, if you just decide, hey, I'm going to give money to the show, thank you, because that's that's crazy. As many of the people who I know and interact with on a daily basis the idea that someone else is giving me money to listen to actually listen to me talk um, confounds people. But then I point out Alex is on the show, and then Heather's like, "Oh, 
Well, yeah. Okay, then. <laughs> so Heather's the one basically saying, I don't understand how you continue to do this for cash. <laughs> the kids. Harrison's like, I'm down there every time he's recording an episode. I wouldn't pay for that. Well, no, he gets it for free. Yeah, well, he, he lives in it. And he's rotten. To the core. To the core. Um, all right. So, hey, guess what? We got voicemail. Oh, we do. Yes, I got voicemail finally. 1-800-GH-SHOW-6. 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. It's almost like you were a listener or one time on the show. Um, one seven five seven new, and they were just invented when I was on the show. That's true. <laughs> it seems like it's been that long. Okay, we got like three voicemails, and uh, I got. I'm going to play them. Okay, and uh, because I like getting voicemail. In fact, I even said on the last episode, I really like getting voicemail. Um, and apparently, I got a couple, and so there was something wrong with my Google voicemail, and it wasn't sending them to me. So I have them now. So I'm going to play them for you. Damn you, Y-Tech. I play Horace Heresy, but I started listening to Garage Hammer, and you've got me wanting to play Age of Sigmar now. I uh, just want to call and thank you guys for a great uh, show. It's always really entertaining, even not playing the game. And I just listened to your Star Trek Ascendancy, and yes, it is a fantastic game. We've actually blown it up onto a 4x6 table, which took some math to figure out placement of the home world, but it worked beautifully. Um, and you can completely close yourself off if you get the right combinations of planets with different warp node number, uh, warp lane numbers. I managed as the Cardassians to co- create a completely closed system of worlds until Q showed up and bounced one of my rivals into my homeworld. So anyway, uh, thanks again. Uh, this is Stefan Hillman from Colorado and, uh, sorry I missed you at Adepticon, but hopefully I'll catch you next time. Have a good one. Bye. That was nice. Pretty cool. And 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 he ain't wrong about Star Trek. No, that's fun. Oh, we we've, we've continued to play. We keep playing. We've been playing a lot with the Borg, but we'll talk about that later. Right. Since that's not what this is. Uh, next voicemail is from uh, Martin Orlando, who is uh, a player and a painter, quite a paint, quite a decent painter, and. <laughs> Heather is, like, friends with his mom from, like, I think it's the Twilight Convention, the Twilight Moms. I, I think. was going to say, so he's not local then. No, no. They live out on the East Coast. Okay. But, like, Heather and her know each other. And then... It's a small world. Yeah, and then Martin was coming out here, and so then they connected him to me so that, like, because he had never come out to, like, Adepticon before, and he was asking about it. This is, like a, this is over a year ago. Um, but, yeah, so... It's just really weird. Like, it was like, small world. So he was calling and left a voicemail. I'm going to play that one now. Hello, David. This is Martin Orlando calling to say my family had a wonderful time at Adepticon. Thanks in no small part to you. We may not all roll dice or paint models, but the camaraderie and good cheer amongst attendees is second to none thanks to people like you who enrich the hobby community. I hope you have put Vince Venturella's painting guidance to good use these past few weeks. I know I have. I started on a unit of Stormcast Vanguard Paladors, utilizing the methods we learned together, and I think there has been a stark improvement in my hobby almost overnight. Before I go, I would like to pass along some information about an event taking place in my neck of the woods, New Jersey. 2018 will be the second year myself and a group of associates will be running the Triumph Grand Tournament, a two-day, five-game, 2,000 points Age of Sigmar event on the weekend of June 9th and 10th. All information in regards to the rules packet, hotel information, and other details can be found at www.triumphgt.com. 
That's one word. If your listeners are interested in or and have any questions about the event, please feel free to. Just cut off there, my man. But did that it sounds, cut off it, the it, end it, of the it message? It did cut off. So, I mean, we've got some of the information. It sounds like we've got the website, uh, the information on what the name of the con is in Jersey. Sounds pretty cool, actually. That's really weird. It, oh, you know what? It, okay. While you're looking for the message, I'm curious to know, um, are the number of tournaments for Age of Sigmar, I mean, are they are they growing? Yes. Okay. Yes. After that, the first year was pretty rough. I mean, Adepticon... They had almost 200 people signed up, and then they had that horrible snow like the day before, yeah. and a lot of people, flights wound up getting canceled, and they still had 168 players. Okay. So here, let me get the last end of that voicemail. I don't know why my phone just was like, oh, I'm done listening to you now. Um, come on, phone. Stop being phony. Dun, 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 dun. If you're interested in or, and have any questions about the event, please feel free to message me via Facebook, Twitter, or utilize any of the email addresses supplied on the website. Again, that's www.triumphgt.com. I eagerly await pre-registration for Adepticon 2019. I know we'll be coming back for years to come. I look forward to seeing you there, and if any of your listeners are attending the Nova Open, feel free to drop by and say hello. I'll probably be near the large diorama covered in blue stormcast, rolling dice. Sincerely, Martin. He had like a, a whole... Uh he had an agenda. Oh, you can tell. Like, yeah, he, he had there. a script. No, yeah, that sounded I mean, great. No, he, but he, you know, he got everything out. Man, he made sure he didn't forget anything. Every time I, I try and leave a message that long, I get cut off in the middle of it. Like it seems like everyone I call has a has a timeout on leaving a message. You get through it, it goes beep at you, and you realize. Okay, but norm, most of those things give you three minutes. I, like Martin's is a minute and a half. It was just coming out of my phone, and because this is the new app, I have to set it to not black shut down after one minute. Of, yeah. So he got cut off at a minute, which is why I knew right where to go get him. So we got one last one last voicemail, and then we're going to play that, and then we're going to hit a commercial break because we got to come back and hit the toolbox and then talk about how awesome your game was and how much fun you had and how you're just dying to get you, – you've been painting like mad. Well, okay. okay. Let's, <laughs> we could talk about all of those potentials. <laughs> talk, talk about all those things that actually didn't happen. Okay, hold on. Uh, last voice. Oh, here we go. Come on. This new app does suck. You know, anyone who still listens to the show when I was... They know I'm not painting. (laughs) Chris was building with wood. Nope, he wasn't. Chris was making bricks from mud. Hey, Dave and Alex. This is Adam Lee from Allen, Utah. Just want to say I love your guys' show. Um, I'm really grateful that you guys are so popular. Cut off again, my man. A local game store recently oh, for the first time to, to try and play, but I got a little bit of like, I got a bit round-based shamed, if that makes sense. A lot of uh, ninth age players there who don't have a lot of kind things to say about AOS. Anyways, just glad that you guys are, are so positive. And uh, congrats to Dave about the Hobby Hero stuff at, at Adepticon. Uh, you really do a lot for the community. So uh, keep it up, and uh, I'll go try a different store, hopefully find some friendly AOS players there. Thanks, guys. Okay, so nice. now that just that just dropped out. That wasn't me. Like that wasn't the script, that wasn't a screw up on the phone that time. His voicemail just dropped out. But he is from. Uh, you said Utah. Yes. Yeah. So Utah players. Yeah. If you guys, hey, if you guys are out there in Utah and you're playing, um, let me know where you're playing at, so I could uh, I could let Adam know where to find some AOS games because. 
First time I drove through Utah, I didn't know what to expect. Turns out it's beautiful. Yes, it is. So that's all the voicemails. I think that's everything. So uh, we're going to take a commercial break, and when we come back... Um, We've got the toolbox. Toolbox brought to you by Chaos Arc Superstar. Right, folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. Back. Oh, I didn't have my microphone on. Son of a gun! Wow! And you were making fun of me before. I was. I forgot that I. T- I never turned my mic off during the show. Like, what was I thinking? You weren't. This is your fault. Mm-hmm. You're throwing a spanner in the works. Having my co-host right in the room with me again, looking at me, making sure that I'm not doing dumb things. Like finger cuts. What? I got all these extra spanners. I have to throw them somewhere. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Okay. I see what you're doing here. Chewy, like hand me one of those hydro spanners. <laughs> oh, this is getting off to a hot start right here. I'm the one who's going to derail this sucker now. Okay. So, you go to Paris, France. Yes. Uh, quick toolbox brought to you through... Oh, wait. We, oh, you know what? We skipped the Garage Hammer uh, News Network. Oh. Um, but I don't have a lot of news, uh, except for one thing, and that is they released... Um, the first series on the Warhammer community page, uh, Warhammer Legends. And basically what they did was they took the old Dark Elf army mm-hmm. and all the characters that aren't around anymore and the stats and all well, the things. Marathi that- and Morania now is N- N- Malarian, right? Yes. And-, and who else is left? I mean, so there were, the rest of them are dead, right? Right. But, uh, yeah, but she's around. But, I mean, her old model with her old stats. like Oh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They basically released... Uh, you know, war scrolls for so you talk the about, whole old you talk army. about the world that was sort of yeah. thing. Okay, and they basically, basically, what from what I read, and I may have had it wrong because I was only being able to look at it for a little bit today. But uh, they don't, they didn't put points with them. So if you want to open play or narrative play with them, these are scrolls that are consistent with the newest rules. So okay. they're completely updated, but that army is not. Like the Dark Elves army doesn't exist, and that's and they've got. But you can still play with all your old models if you want to play with your friends. So is old Malekith considered over the top for new Age of Sigmar? I don't know. No, I really don't. I mean, I don't think he was. I just think that that model, that character, doesn't exist anymore. So they don't have a. They didn't. You know. Oh, I thought you said that they made scrolls for them though. Well, yeah, but they're listed as Warhammer Legends. That's why they're not allowed in. Like they're not. They don't have them um, for for 
matched play. Like, there's no well, points. I'm just curious as to whether or not you think if someone like is saying, "I'm going to play with a, uh, an army that was," and you're like, <laughs> "Okay, fine," and so they put down Malekith. Do you go, "Oh God, I'm dead," or is it no, not that big of a deal? I didn't give a good. I didn't really give that much of a look at the scrolls. I just kind of was quick going through them. They seem pretty basic. They seem to be just like the old model. So they're more was. killable. And probably. I mean, not to say that the old characters weren't potentially killable, but, right. you know, old Malekith was a pretty rough <laughs> yeah. opponent. Yeah. No, I mean, but if you're playing narrative play or if you're playing open play, you, you just take that into account. That's the type of stuff that, oh, man, this is really overpowered. We got a story going here. We're going to do this now, you know? Right, so right. It's more, it's more like, hey, listen, we know you like to play with your old models. So if you want to play with the old models, you know, for, or play with your old armies, and you're just hanging out, chilling with your friends. Here you go. We've I mean, got. We know you have them in your closet, there. Right. So, might as well do something with them. Exactly. And you know, this way, there's rules, and they basically like we know we're not going to be doing all sorts of other stuff with them. We're not even going to necessarily, you know, there was no promise for updates and things like that. It's just they're going to keep it consistent with the newest rules when it needs it, and it seems to be. So, just making sure everyone can play with everything. Cool. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. That's about it I've got right now. That's all, because I haven't gotten any White Dwarf because UGG closed, and Ugh. I don't have a local place to get it, and I haven't subscribed. So um, I'll have to do that next, but that's okay. Are you going to subscribe or just wait for another store? I don't know. It depends. I guess I, I see what you're saying. I, I really have no idea because I really wasn't thinking about it because I, I, have, I didn't get it this month, and it's like I kind of want to get it, but then I'm kind of not too worried about it. Like. I can always go look on the website and see what's coming out. You missed out. I think they had some new figures in there. Did they free new models in <laughs> I think the... They, they, not only do, uh, am I willing to bet that there might be new models in there, there are also some really interesting ways to paint them. Oh, I see. And probably a story. Maybe two. Look at you. You're like a prophet. I'm just uh, suggesting... You've come back you from might, a long absence. If you don't get that copy, you might have missed out. I might have missed out. Also, there's a coupon in there for a cheeseburger. No, there is not. All right, fine. You're lying now. But it's well-painted cheeseburger. It, well, yeah. well, it would have to be. Right. Otherwise, okay. it's not Evie. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's quick hit the uh, toolbox. Tool Brought to you by... Cancer Superstore. Cancer Superstore. All right. So, um, hobbying. Uh, I really... I built Nagash... And I did some Zenithal shading, like Vince Ventrella sort of taught me. Oh wow! Um, and now I got to start painting it, but I haven't had time to paint like anything in about two weeks. I've been just trying to get through so many other things, so my hobby has been lame. And I know your hobby has probably been non-existent. I uh, I have a couple of coffin-sized uh, games that I got from. Uh, when UGG was about to close, so my hobby was going through to make sure all the pieces were there, and then putting them in back into the bags. Oh, if that counts, then uh, that Elder Signs game I got with all the expansions, I put that into one of the Init cases that day when you were hanging out. All right, that kind of counts. Actually, those Init are pretty unique. I like those. I like those a lot. I do too. Um, I I had a I had a, a potential gaming disappointment. Um, you know, I. I play a lot of computer games right now, so right. I, I BattleTech, the old BattleTech, mm -hmm. the the owner of the game came out with a computer game, and it's turn based instead of arcade style. So I like it a lot. It's it reminds me a lot of the old board game. Okay, it makes me want to play BattleTech so badly, like the board game. Right. So 
um, on the way back from a, trying to uh, from picking up my son, on, I went to a grocery store, and along the way, I saw that they had some random game store in there. I think Everything Games is what it's called. Okay. It's not random. It's an actual real place that's only specifically there. Okay. It's very not random. <laughs> the point is, I went in, and, and it turns out Battletech is not in print anywhere right now. So I was like, nope. I was ready to just buy it straight up. Just give me this game. I can't, I'll play it on my own. I'll play Solitaire. But no, apparently... After the, the the creator of the game made a new computer game, and there's no thought to publishing the old board game, which breaks my heart. I feel bad for you. Yeah, it's sad. I, I'm, I'm right here. I feel it. It hurts right here. I, Dave should be pointing to his heart, but really what he's pointing to is a big empty cave where something like a heart would be. It would If I had one, because I am a cruel and harsh taskmaster <laughs> of life. That's 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 my that's one of my nicknames. Stun silence is good for a radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's I don't I have think any we're hobby. Way obviously. more fun than our audience. Yeah, I there was obviously <laughs> I don't have any hobby. Uh, it was it was three items, wasn't it? Gaming, hobby, and other movies and books and things. I'm rereading Harry Potter number six. Uh, my son is old enough that he's reading them, and uh, he's up to number six. And he said, "Dad, do you have it right?" And I said, "Yeah, I've got it." And he's like. We should read it together, Mike. Okay, done. So I'm rereading um, uh, Half Blood Prince. I like the Harry Potter books. No, they're, they're good. Uh, we were having a discuss. I was having a discussion with somebody about um, it, d- does it survive the test of time? And I'm like, well, it's no, it's no Dune, it's no Lord of the Rings, but there are certain aspects of it that I really appreciate. I'm I'm always fascinated by the breakdown of human character based on the houses. I really love that concept. Mm-hmm. So. No, it's fun. I mean, it's it's. It's not as deep a dive as some of the other things that we've read in sci-fi, and and but there it's but it's got a it's got its own depth, and it's got a, it's I enjoy them. She, I enjoy them a lot. You know that she is an author constantly surprised me, uh, which I really liked. In fact, I delighted because it's fun to be surprised by something in a book when everything feels so contrived. But mm-hmm. and also um, on the downside, she was not consistent with so many things that I wanted her to be. Like her Agreed. magic, her magic was not consistent. And toward the end, I'm like, I'm a little frustrated. Why don't you make up your mind? You're creating the world for us, <laughs> right? But she didn't want to have a system. She just wanted to have the words. But then it's yeah. the words and the wand. It's unless you're really good, and then it's just the words. And then if you're super good, you don't need any of it. There's no. And I'm gonna I'm gonna also put her in the same category as potential worst names in uh, in a fiction setting, right next to Star Wars. <laughs> They're pretty bad. Jar Jar Dooku, yeah. Anyway, so there, there's there's my entire, uh, the triad of hobby gaming and uh, reading. Um, I just finished the We Are Legion, We Are Bob trilogy. Oh, you were telling me about this, but I don't remember the details. This of is a really cool series. Um, someone, it was one of those things where Audible recommended the book to me. And I read the synopsis. Said, that sounds pretty cool. And I put it in the queue. And then I was like, I had finished everything I was reading. So I'm like, I'll give this a try. And I loved it. Like it's, it's. I don't want to get into too much detail, but guy decides to go and do the cryogenics thing just in case they ever find a cure for whatever ails him. Okay. Oh, oh, he's the one going to be frozen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, except this cryogenic place basically just takes your head once you're dead because if they've got the technology to to you know, like they're thinking, you know, cloning or replacing parts in you that are bad. They could probably replace the whole body. I guess so. So that's the theory. So he pays for it. He does all this, and suddenly he wakes up. Wouldn't, in, wouldn't it be easier to not cut the head off? 
Well, or is it a storage issue? It's an e- it's easier to store and keep everything since really the brain is what you need. Everything else is technically replaceable. Okie dokie. So I didn't. Yeah, whatever. So guy wakes up and suddenly he's in this science lab, and uh, he's got the the you know he's looking through the almost like a camera lens, and uh, basically what you. It, Something happens in the future, and of course, uh, the, of course, the USA goes completely uh, becomes basically a, a Christian theocracy. You know, very subversive. They don't like any of this stuff. They can't. They won't do it anymore. Um, so the scientists basically take this stuff. They they put they they put his brain into a computer. Like his whole per- they somehow scan his brain. It destroys the brain to do it. But they say they scan the brain and they basically make almost an exact copy of your brain inside a computer. Okay. okay, sure. And so you wake up and your personality's there. It's kind of like, isn't it, uh, wasn't it Dix from, uh, what was the guy's name from uh, Neuromancer? Yeah, that's Dixie. Dixie's Dixie. a flatline. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so when Fl- they would turn him off again, it would, he would, yeah, he would black out and just lose time. When they would bring him back, he still remembered everything. Uh, and he's Bob. And this is this guy, and they're basically what they're trying to do is they're, they, it's, it's a cool concept. They take 3D printing to this super extreme where it basically takes raw minerals, breaks them down to their essential atoms, and then lines up the atoms where they want it. So they can 3D print anything. So At they, a molecular level. They build a big-ass spaceship, and they're, they, they, they want a, a, to put a bob in it or someone like that, a, a mental consciousness. And then it drives out to other, find other habitable planets, and then when it gets there, it's going to set up and, and start making the planet ready and communicate back. But it can actually clone itself, and Bob can make more Bobs, and then the the 3D printer can make more ships, and so they can go out and start checking everything. My question is, so scientists were able to find this, well, the head of a cadaver, and they chose one in particular, happened to be... They chose many, uh, but like 80% of them go completely insane. But Bob was like a computer guy. And they chose this guy specifically... Instead of someone who was already alive because it was less risk to themselves, because you have to atomize the brain. Yeah, oh, you, it would kill you. So you would die. They're doing this only to people who are effectively otherwise dead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And Bob is the one who works. And Bob's the one who works, and he becomes the main character of the story. And he's going all over the universe, and it's just—I mean, lots of cool stuff happens over the three books. Like, I really enjoyed it. I—it's a book. I'm—I'm going to put this on a big recommend because I had a lot of fun with it. It's a little weird. Um, you know, it's a guy from who was basically frozen like around now and then wakes up about 100 years in the future. Mm-hmm. So he's still making now references. But some of the fun is like he makes Star Trek references and people get it. And he's like, it is so cool that like 100 years in the future, people still know and love Star Trek. And then one of the other pops is like, so when we were kids, we were watching, uh, we were watching, um, the Wizard of Oz, that thing was like 75 years old. He's like, it's not that amazing. He's like, I still think it's cool, though. Like, And there's just like big science computer geek who gets to be like an immortal computer thing out there searching to get. And there's, of course, other stuff that happens. I've already talked about it way too long, but it's, I really liked it. Oh, that's interesting. Like I finished the first book and I was like, oh, it's a trilogy and the other two books are already out. Bye, bye. I spent like the last week just listening to it. It was I loved it. I think the only other thing I've read recently would be, it's all for kids, actually. I'm reading kids' books. I'm reading um, I think it's, uh, Wonder. Yeah, my daughters really love that. I think Harrison had to read that, too. I was 
I was in a, like, I don't know, it was a Target or some department store with Sam. And uh, he turned and saw the display for the books, and he flipped out. And he's like, Dad, can please, will you please buy me this book to read? And I'll tell you what, I mean, as a parent, my kid's freaking out to read a novel with no pictures. I'm like, that's a win. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, here's your book. Yep, you got it, man. And the thing is, while we were there, other kids stopped and more or less did the same thing that he did. Like, they had all heard of it, all these kids. I'm like, well, I'm sold. <laughs> it sounds great. So, and I decided to read it for myself, and it turns out it was a very good kid's book. You know. Yeah. So. So, what else? Uh, I saw Infinity War several times. I'm probably going to do a little Garage Gamer just talking about that. I have not seen it. I understand that there are superheroes and a villain involved. There are lots of superheroes. And there's Thanos, and I like Thanos. And a lot of people don't like Thanos because his story is a little absurd, especially when you have to streamline it for the movies. Uh, But I still like it, and he's still kind of cool. I don't like his chin. Nobody does, but that's what he looks like in the comic book. He's got all these little black lines on the chin because when they drew him, they said that would be cool. (laughs) I want to be sitting on that meeting. Chin lines, go for it. Hey, that's a great idea. You know, I've got some ideas for some Star Trek foreheads too. (laughs) But no, I enjoyed that a lot. And um, that's about all I can think of. I think that's it. Like I I have been really busy with school and work and reading other stuff and um it's not been the hobbyist of hobby weeks. Well, you're just going to have to make up for it. I will. All right, we'll see about that. Well, don't. Well, maybe not. I think I'll change my mind now. I wish to withdraw what I just said. Okay. And that too. <laughs> I see what you did there. Maybe I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. Um. Yeah. Seriously, I think that's it. Why don't you know what? What? I think we'll just... I don't know what. Why don't you tell me what? I suppose we should just take a break to get the commercial out of the way and then start talking about Warhammer for as long as we talk about Warhammer. Being that it's a show about Warhammer and we haven't really broached the subject very much, I think that's a pretty good idea, Dave. Well, you know, things happen. Everyone's just so excited, like, "Oh, Christopher's back!" Look, look, they're not, they're not, they're not talking. Look, I'm not McRib. I'm never back. Oh, (laughs) okay. I see. No, no, that's fine. You're not, okay, Chris is not back. And he's not, I've not been, back. I've been here for years. <laughs> years! <laughs> oh, my God. Chris going to knock you out. <sighs> yep, people are leaving. <laughs> and I can't blame them. We need to go to commercial now before the whole show implodes. All right. I'm already... I, I, I know of at least three people who are, who are sending me texts or voicemails or messages Stay on target. about this episode. All right, we'll be back. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. 
That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. And we are back. Hello, Dave. Hello, Christopher. How the heck are you? I'm doing good. I'm ready and raring to go with this. All right. Well, uh, about a month and a half ago, you started to kind of fill me in a little bit more about what was going on in the world of Warhammer. Yeah. I had not really been exposed to it for a long time, and there's a lot to take in. Because every single thing is different. Yeah, uh, it was that was kind of funny because you basically quit like halfway through eighth. Yeah, I mean, yeah, missed the whole end times. I, all I, AOS. I left pretty soon. I was traveling, and it wasn't even a matter of being able to play. It was I can't take anything with me. I'm on a plane all the time. Right. So a lot has happened in four years. I suddenly come back, lift my head up for oxygen, and Age of Sigmar, the literal Warhammer world, has exploded. It sounds like. Yes, it has. Um. Which is that's kind of a an odd that's an odd one to take in when it was it was one of UGG's last gaming days and I was there when you were playing uh, Warhammer. That was, was just that was like two episodes ago. It was uh, about three weeks there ago. We, go. we were we, go. uh, yeah. we spent that day at, at Unique Gifts and Games just playing Warhammer all day. You were playing a game and uh, I was kind of picking Alex's brain and. He phrased it in a way that helped me understand a little bit more. Are you familiar with old Dungeons and Dragons that used to have those campaign settings? Right. Like, you know, Greyhawk and uh, Forgotten Realms and Ravenloft and all that stuff. But there was one in particular, Planescape. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of what's going on in the Warhammer, I can't call it the world, in Age of Sigmar. The Mortal Realms. The Mortal Realms are no more. They're all on planes of existence. And each of those planes is relative to one of the Winds of Magic. Is that right? Yeah, uh, basically, as the winds of magic were all separated during the end times, and then the world blew up. Those ma- each wind of magic basically sort of coalesced into a a plane of existence. Now, what's what I'm still struggling to understand is like the the races as I knew them. They're all gone, but so now, it sounds some like of all, them are because so it sounds like all elves were killed because they're all referred to as souls now and they're being recreated into something else. Most of them were when okay. the world. That was was destroyed when Archeon destroyed it. Part of it was it was pulling everything into the into the you know into the into the warp kinda. And um, but as the planet was being destroyed, some people were dying, but some people were getting sucked into whatever these new realms were creating. Right. So, um, but that was even. I mean, my guess is thousands of years have passed because when Sigmar finally found the eight realms there's a whole age of myth like he found evidence of civilizations having come and gone in there okay so what you're seeing even if it is them alive because there were some elves when they were looking about teclas and Tyrion had trouble finding any but they found some in azir in sigmar's realm and azir is heavens i'm trying to remember them all yes no, is that right okay. yes i remember like Akshi is fire mm-hmm. gur is beasts yep okay so a sir that's where the 
Stormcast Eternals are from. Yeah, and the they, gates of they Azir. effectively represent other angels or avatars of Sigmar. Sort of. Sigmar, what Sigmar did was he figured out a way when uh, when he found someone fighting during the, the time of chaos, which is when he closed the doors. Mm-hmm. He locks the gates of Azir. He would see these guys fighting, and if they were truly heroic and 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 worthy right before they were killed instead of you know the, him letting them get killed he just zapped them up to his realm they're so vol- they're valkyries kind of yeah okay um i mean it's, it's not a bad way to describe them actually it's interesting i mean so there are souls in there then there are people who fought in life well they're reforged cuz they take off their helmets and stuff and there's bodies under there there's a, there's a human yeah so a big human yeah <laughs> I don't know how much bigger than normal, but they're big. Okay. Um, but they go through this reforging, like it's called the Anvil of Apotheosis, and they actually go through a their soul is reforged. Uh, every time they die, instead of the body, they turn to lightning and go back to Azir, but then they have to be reforged. And the more often you're reforged, the it seems to be a little bit less like you every time. It's like something's happening to them, like they're not. Their their personalities become a little more intense, but a little more focused. I guess you could say. Okay. You're just you're ob- you're not the same every, every. So it's like, yes, they can be reforged, but the guys are sort of leery of it. They're like, let's just try to not die because, yes, they'll bring me back. But a lot of these guys who have come back several times are a little odd. Okay. Like worse for wear, or just a different person until you no longer are you. Oh, they're the same person, but I know there was one who just sort of was talking less and less. Uh, when he would fight, he would get much more aggressive in his fighting. Um, other guys just... I mean, so so, per, un, so un, undesirable personality quirks. Yeah. Less yeah. less communicative. Yeah. I mean, and that's and it's different for all of them. That, I'm yeah. just a couple of examples. It's, it's really kind of a fascinating thing so, that's so what a lot of us talk th- about there's motive and, for them to not die and that's why nagash hates him uh because he calls him sigmar the soul thief because all souls rightfully belong to nagash and he's not only taking them but i mean which Naga- has no nagash right to, is the ultimate thief he was he's turned him he was mortal at one point yep yeah he stole godhood but now he basically said no this it's mine it's mine these are dead souls i he actually went through the realms of the undead and killed off um the gods of the dead, basically. He's the only one left. I don't did they ever define who the god of death is for the elves? Um, I mean they they actually they've actually listed off several of them. There's you know, Kernos and Right. I don't remember exactly, but in the end times came. he went into the underworld where whoever runs the underworld is, where all the dead souls go, not necessarily just the elf I, souls. I feel like it's been covered. I just don't yeah, remember who it is. Like he went in there and just whooped him. Like, ah, not I'm devouring you. It's You're f- done. Philip, the god of death. It might be. Yeah. It's yes. Philip is always a, a name that inspires fear. I am Philip. Mm-hmm. Fear my realm of death. Exactly. See, so he calls him Sigmar Soul Thief, and he hates him for okay. that. Well, that makes sense. Um, it, so, so it's got so all the gods, so to speak, are clamoring for souls because souls represent power. Is that right? Um, no, not really. I mean, most gods just like Alariel is the goddess of the realm of life. Well, she's not fighting for the souls in that sense. Then, well, she's, no, she's, she's not. fighting for like growth in animals and right. No, in fact, most most aren't fighting for souls. I mean, basically, Nagash says, "When you die, you belong to me." And Sigmar is not only doing that, but then every time they die, instead of going to Nagash, they go. They keep going back to him, and he's like, "No, they're mine. If you die, you come to the land of the dead. 
the realm of death. And the realm of death is actually really cool, the way it's been described. It's got uh, great benefits. No, but basically, if you've got a bunch of people who have a, a belief system of where they go after they die, then when they die, that realm basically forms there. So the more people around that keep believing it, the, the realm just grows and expands. And so there are realms within realms in the realm of the dead. So if you believe, you know, these guys are going to Valhalla, there's a Valhalla in the realm of the dead. You're going to Catholic heaven, there's Catholic heaven in the realm of the dead. You're going to, you know... Buddhist heaven, there's Buddhist heaven in the realm of the dead. I mean, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. I got you. Basically, if you dream... Going to Wiccan heaven, there's Wiccan heaven in the realm of the dead. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. and um, It's a reference to an old movie that some of you haven't seen. (laughs) (laughs) But... So yeah, his realm, and he's but he's even gone through. He, he basically he runs the show, and he just believes all souls need to go back there. And if you don't, so, so Nagash is not necessarily evil because his realm doesn't sound like a torturous malexistence. It sounds fine. I well, guess. actually, that was the realm. That's how it worked before he got there, and now he's there. He's kind of messing things up. If you find out in the Legion, oh, of you mean Naga- uh, the realm of death was that way even before he showed? Oh yeah. So basically, wherever he stands, it's getting corrupted then. So Pretty he's still much. evil. Um, I would, I would if, if say ever he, so. I guess he's. I mean, he defines evil, right? I mean, he wants to take everything that's alive and make it dead, so he will have perfect order. I mean, basically, his plan hasn't changed. Remember, he wanted everything on the Warhammer world dead, and so that he could bring the skeletons back, and he would just run everything, and it would be perfect in order and stagnant. Mm-hmm. That's still the plan. So he's the opposite of chaos. He's lawful evil. I always think of things in D and D terms. For uh, some yeah, and I guess. It's an, that's, a, that's a sign Kinda, of my early game. Well, lawful evil as long as Nagash is the only one making the laws. Right, right. But, but yeah. he, he has rules. He has regulations. He mm-hmm. just wants to be in charge of them all. Yeah. Dude, you'd love the awful. story with Nagash because the, the, when you read, the, I mean, he, the, there's a whole thing that came out recently called Malign Portents, which is, yeah. and this is what Nagash has been doing for like thousands of years in the realm of the dead. He's been working on his plant because he has all the time in the world. It's, it's hard for me to... Uh, keep up with how many new army types there are in Age of Sigmar. Oh, yeah. I mean, the game I know is 100% gone, mm-hmm. and all the armies I knew are 100%, 95% gone. But uh, I assume that there are a few models that you can still use. But uh, You could use most of the old stuff in, okay. in the games. But, um, I mean, I mean th- th- what I remember about it, it, it's transformed completely. Your dwarf army doesn't exist. My dark elf army doesn't exist. High elf, they do as, as an army that was... Yes, but I mean everything has transformed. But that's not to say that there aren't armies. There are so many I can't keep up. Well, and because and a lot of them see, and that's that's one of the things that it takes a while. I think if you're not used to it, to to kind of get used well, to. It's not a complaint. It's right. It's I'm I'm overwhelmed in a way that's kind of fun. It's well, they've broken them down into some of these mini factions. But now that they've got allies in there, most of them can ally together. Almost all the dwarf things can ally together. Sure. So, but I mean, the dwarves are now. I think you call them the, the dispossessed are the army that was. Is that correct? Yeah. The the old school dwar- the iron the iron breakers the hammerers. Right. So I, mean, I don't, don't, don't think there are hammer. Oh well, yeah, there are. Hammers. They don't exist like that in the moderns. Yeah, they're the dispossessed of the dwarden. The dwarden. Yeah. But I mean, the, the armies that. The armies that exist in the in the realms of magic realms, mm-hmm. I don't know where they would be. I guess stone or fire. Uh, no, they'd be in metal. Um, I'm not certain where the dispossessed are. 
I can't even think about it. Um, because they well, didn't get the, 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 the fire. The what are the fire slayers? Are the obviously fire, fire slayers are in Akshi in the realm of fire. And what about the one? Oh, the Caradron Overlords. Yeah. Um, the, the, the the Tinker Dwarves. I don't know. I've never seen them before. They're interesting. They're like the steampunky dwarves. They yeah. actually live in the sky. Um, so heavens. No, because that's that's Sigmar's realm. Here's but the I mean, thing. So where do they, they go? They're 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 in several realms, but they literally. Here's what happened when uh, the Age of Chaos started. Um, you know, chaos starts running through. Some of the some of the dwarves or the Dwarden got a hole in my lip. Oh goodness, dude, <laughs> spilling coffee a little bit. Um, the Dwarden basically when when it started to get bad. They had built these little flying like sky platforms because yeah. they were mining ether gold, like gold right out of the ether, right? And when 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 stuff got bad with chaos, they basically jumped in their ships and went up there and said, "Hey, nobody can reach us up there. Half the people don't know that these things really even exist." So they just left, and they were gone through pretty much most of the age of chaos. So and now that Sigmar's opened things up, so do they come from the Warhammer world? Um. Well, is that how it works, or did they exist in the realms? I think the Dwarden were still dwarves, because, I mean, the, the the overlords are just an offshoot of the original, the dispossessed. Okay. It, it's just, I'm what I don't fully understand is, like, so people live in these realms, like there are societies and yes. empires, and you could have a map of where they live, and yeah. it's, it's a realm, so it's hard to map like a planet, but, I mean, there have to be cities, and... There are. What ha- okay. We don't know... a. a Basically, a lot of it is still uncharted for us, the gamer, because right. they've only filled in so much. Well, they've, they've are, obviously not been slacking. There's some, something's got to yes. give. When, when Sigmar lost his hammer and Chaos went wonky, we well, lost his hammer a while ago, though, didn't he? I mean, that was like that was still in Warhammer World. Time. No, 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 no. Sigmar had his hammer and he was fighting with the other gods. They had built this alliance and they were fighting Chaos. And Sigmar was doing really well. And then he thought he saw Archeon and Chuck Galmaraz at him, like in some big ass battle. And uh, it turned out to be a fake, the Keeper of Secret, no, Changer, uh, the Zinch guy. Was, Lord of Change. Lord of Change. It was like, ah, it was a big illusion. There's actually a portal behind it. Slump, and then he lost it. And it was lost for a long time. That was one of the things that really upset him. Uh, he basically pulls back into, that's not the only thing that upset him. I'm really simplifying this, just. For, for my sake, I appreciate it. So he basically has enough, and he's like, I can't win right now, uh, but I'm not going to let my realm get destroyed. And he goes into Azir and locks all the gates and magically seals them. They have to be open from both ends. Like, you have to be on both sides of the of these realm gates. Are, to how open many, are, do they do they categorize how many gates are there between realms? Is it only one, or is there... There are multiples. They're okay. all over. They can be found all over realms. In fact, those the Deepkin, yeah. there's whirlways. There's, there's actual... Gates that are under the water. Not to steamroll over your story, I'll let you get back to it. Sure. But that's one of the things that I think is so evocative about this new world is it makes me want to, okay, we're fighting over a gate. You know, this mm-hmm. is, this. that's why we're fighting in this particular battle. Like, we're trying to gain control of this so we can transport our troops from. Well, and that's w- the whole first the, year and a half of these books that came out, the, yeah. like sort of the campaign books. They put out like five of them, and it's the Realm Gate Wars. Right. Now, do the realms, uh, I mean, I know that they've shown the wheel of magic in the past where they're they're in a very specific spot, like a clock, right? Right, right. So does that imply that certain realms only touch other realms, or do they kind of come all the way up to the top like a sphere and touch everybody? Um, the realms themselves, when they showed it in the picture on the Warhammer community thing that Alex was telling you about, yeah. that just seems like kind of a circle of, yeah. the, of the realms. Um, and I don't know how much if, they, if, if ever they touch because you just 
go from realm to realm through the realm gates. So what I'm asking is, like, are there... So there has to be, like, let's say I'm in the realm of fire. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. You know, wherever I happen to be. But, like, if, if, there's, if it's a place, if it's physical, if the rules don't change all the time, that implies that there's a geography of the place where I'm yes. aware that there's a gate. And if I go to this spot, this coordination in that realm, uh, there's going to be a gate to the realm of metal. Yes. You know, and, and it comes out in a very specific spot, and, and it pretty much always goes to that spot. Is it safe to assume that certain gates, like certain realms, only connect to certain gates, or are do you, can you find doors to any realm from any realm? Um, there. Okay, this is one of the big final battles in the Realm Gate Wars. Yeah, there is a place called All Points. Yeah, which basically is this center point that can lead to just every every realm. So they're fighting over this, which means that the number of doors are probably finite. I believe so. Okay. Okay. They I don't know that they found them all, but probably. They're all important. Right. Okay. Now, the all points leads to each realm, um, and not at every... It's, once again, long to explain. Yeah. Long story short, Archeon controls the all points. So part of the Realm well, Gate Wars... Well, that makes sense. So, yeah, well, he, he went in there and just totally decimated everything once Sigmar was gone and took it, and he, yeah, he has control of that. So one of the big things is those are usually large realm gates... Okay. Um, and so Sigmar basically launched a simultaneous attack in multiple realms with the help of the, the local indigenous peoples to... That's another thing I want to know more about. Who lives out there? Uh, and that's the thing. That's the thing we're only learning in little bits and pieces. Realm, Age of Chaos, if you read that first book, um, humanity, it takes place in Akshi. A lot of the first stuff takes place Sorry, in Akshi. Where? In Akshi, fire, yes. Um Humanity's almost wiped out. Yeah, like so there are humans. Yes. Okay. And at the are they th- from the Warhammer world or are they completely different unrelated species? Um like is there a relation? Maybe. We I mean, here's the thing. We know that when the when the world that was collapsed, when the realm cuz the realm gates on either pole just start destroying the world. Yeah. Some people got sucked through and wound up in the realms. The realms. So, were there some humans? Yes, but once again, when Sigmar got there, and he's our first character that introduced the story, and he's being led around and shown all the realms by Dracothian, the big space dragon. Um, space dragon? The, Is yeah. this like Yggdrasil? Or no, no, that's the Tree of Life. Uh, Jormund Gander. When Sigmar was holding onto the core of the planet and flying through space for almost eternity, he came across this celestial being, this celestial dragon. I was, I was trying to remember how to pronounce it from the Norse mythology. Right. Is it comparable to the world serpent? I'm not going to try and say it again. It's too embarrassing. Uh, possibly. For who, who, who possibly. Not. Okay. Uh, yeah. But basically, he makes he makes him a necklace, and they become good friends, and then the dragon teaches him stuff. And oh, then... so the dragon is benevolent. Yes. Oh, oh no, it's not like the world serpent then. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, the world serpent's bad. No, <laughs> no. Okay, then I, that's why I said I wasn't certain, because I, w- I, I, I wasn't certain. World ser- a world serpent kills Thor at the end of uh, uh, Ragnarok. Oh, oh, that's right. Okay. He's a jerk. I gotcha. Unless you like snakes. But um, so Sigmar and him become friends, and they basically he shows him through the realms and, and teaches him about stuff. But as Sigmar was wandering the realms looking for the other gods, you know the ones that who are the other gods? Then I mean, are they all uh, originally heroes and legendary lords from the Warhammer world? Yes, during the end times. Um, D- does that make the Warhammer world like effectively the center of this universe? Basically, everyone who says that that game is just wiped out and gone, it's not. It's the backstory for this game. So, for the purposes of this world, this realm, these realms, 
there are no other planets, or if they are, they're insignificant in this concept of this existence. When the planet exploded, the only thing left are these ethereal realms, like heavens. Yes. Or hells, depending on where you go. One of Teclis's plans, because he had lots of plans trying to stop Archeon, was um, to basically stop the vortex that the elves had created. I'm sorry, which one was this, Teclis or Tyrion? Uh, this was Teclis. Teclis was the one who created the vortex in the first place. No, wasn't that before Teclis's time? Because there's the there's the elf wizards who are like oh wait 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 wait, wait. Fem- no, you're, correct. There, you're correct you're correct yeah. you're absolutely correct Teclis supports it yes but there's there's an there's an elf wizard inside of it there are several uh, I don't remember who that is there's one in particular I don't remember I, I'm I'm blanking on it too but it's it's, what, it's the reason we left you know right Ulfwan anyway those uppity toilet so, plunger basically mag- what he's doing is he's trying to channel out each each wind of magic. And from, put it from in, the vortex. Yeah, and put it into somebody. Make somebody into the avatar of that particular. Yes, of magic. and they become the avatars of that. Um, Sigmar it was. Well, Carl Franz became the avatar of heavens, but everybody said Carl Franz got killed, and the guy who was there was actually in, the, in with that avatar was actually Sigmar, just kind of looking Carl Franzish. Um, so Teclis took. Okay, Teclis had light. Teclis is light. So there's no longer high magic from the elves. It's all been split it's the up different into realms, the eight. yeah. Okay. Um, so Teclis you know, is light. I believe... It, who's the guy who headbutted Archeon? Because he headbutts Archeon in this version of it, too. But he got, of course, beasts. That sounds like an orc. Yeah. What's his name? The big... Um, well, there's Grimgore. There's... Uh, I, was it, yeah, was it Grimgore Ironhide who uh, headbutted... There's also Azag the Slaughterer? I don't think it was him. I think it was Grimgore. Uh, but now... Warzag the... No, he's the great green prophet. Never mind. Yeah, you're into thousands of years later, and the god of the realm of beast is actually Gorkamorka. So some things have changed. Like say, say that again. What? The, say that again. The realm of beasts. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was one of the Warhammer oh, characters Gork, who got it. Gork and or Mork. Gorkamorka. That yes, is to say, it's Gorkamorka. Is in the fact, god of the beasts. Uh huh. And that realm. Ooh. So. The realm of beasts is orky, or orcs just fit in with the natural wild world? Orcs just fit in. There's a lot of rough and tumble regular beasts in there, too. I'm down with that. Yeah. Okay. I don't mind that. That's cool. And it's cool because Gorkamorka is one god, but when he gets upset at himself, sometimes he has arguments with himself, and then he splits into two, Gork and or Mork. So the closer orcs get to an organized group, the more they have forgotten their origins. So in other words, savage orcs are really where they belong. Am I right? Kinda. Okay. I, Savage I'm orcs believe that. that the the essence of Gorkamork is in all the giant creatures, so they kill them and eat them and try to get their essence, and they take their bones and make things out of them. So the more they armor themselves up, a true orc would look at that guy and go, "You're going all umi on me, aren't you?" Yeah. Now, but then there's but there's a couple of different orc books now because there's okay. the ones that are just the Savage Orc, and there's ones that like the guy in the big the big. I'm cool with this. Like I always had trouble with orcs for some reason. But I'm cool with this. This sounds interesting. Like it makes them better to me. Dude, it's really fun. It's you got. The, I'll show you the two books later because they've they've got one which is basically black orcs and all the bigger things like that. And yeah. then there's this other book which is just all the savage orcs. And so black orcs isolated themselves from the rest now. Well, no, I'm just trying to oversimplify. Basically, the orcs got a whole bunch of new models with much with bigger, tougher ones. Okay, and basically, just your your basic old remember your old l- l- jerkin wearing orc model. Yeah, 
ain't really in this in this tome because these are for the big boys. Like they've got the old black orc models, and they just call those. Oh, those guys are just pure metal. Yeah, and they're just like orc boys now. Because, okay. Yeah, because that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's really fun. I mean, that's one of the cool things that they break down here. Is and we're not even talking about our game, but this is I, I'm enjoying this. Just, I'm sorry, you know, I don't mean to. But no, you know what? Ask questions and 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 see what you're interested in. And I'll talk about that. And this is, I mean, I'm having fun doing it. And I'm well, certain as, people as long have as your fun listeners listening. aren't going crazy because they know all of this. I'm sure. Well, sure, but I mean, we don't actually go into this type of stuff. Plus, people who listen to the show know you. Some do, I'm sure. And yeah, and so then you know, it's like, oh, Chris is playing and interested again. What's he interested in? And we just it, it's kind of fun do to you, hear. Do what, you want Should we dive tail a little bit into the game we played at least? Um, or do we yeah, eventually? Okay. Well, so um, so that explains. So the orcs are in beasts. Uh, Nagash is in the realm of death. Yes, uh, and he's who's in the realm of sha- the Skaven Scat- shadows. No, wait, wait. wait. No, Explain s- to me. I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> because Skaven. I know their own chaos power now, so I've answered my own question. But what I don't understand is, in the eight realms of magic, where does chaos fit into the wheel of the? It doesn't. Chaos is in so the realm of chaos. So, so they're technically, it's about... like a ninth realm. Okay, so it is. I don't know how many of your listeners remember the old deities and demigods. Uh huh. It's the old campaign, but you know, it's the advanced right. dungeons of the dragons. In the back of the book, it showed this great big wheel of all these planes of existence and kind of where, you know, where human physical with planets and whatnot exists. And then over here is like all these different inner realms and outer realms. And so it's like that. So the eight, so the eight winds of magic are just one place. And there are other places, including chaos. So does that imply that then potentially there are other unexplored realms outside of all of this? See, I I don't think so because if I remember correctly, and this is the part that, and maybe it was somewhere. I mean, I've read so much about this now. Now I, sometimes I forget, but I mean, if you remember, there were no real eight winds of magic. There was just the magic coming from chaos through the realm gates. It, I don't know what's real and what what's been retconned. So okay. I, not to be disrespectful, I'm just saying. No, that no, no. I don't remember what I, think, I remember from before was that the story was if you took everything in and read every army book. It all boils down to, I mean, first the Lizardmen, but then High Elves, High Elves who said, you know what, at some point we have to teach this to humans, to men. And there's magic, but we're going to break it down into something that these simpletons can understand. Exactly. There are, we'll teach them about eight schools of magic, mm-hmm. where in 8th reali- in, in edition even, there were the eight, eight winds of magic, then there was high magic, then there was dark magic. So in other words, like if you had a sphere that encompassed this, or, you know, the, the eight right. colors of magic, above that would be light or high, uh, high magic. Mm-hmm. Below that would be dark. Then there was death magic and then there was undeath magic. And then there was green magic, which was, you know, Gork and Mork. No, that's true. And then there were other realms that didn't really get covered anywhere else. Skaven magic, which was trying to be chaos magic but something else then there was chaos magic i don't know maybe there could be that i just always kind of thought of these places almost as maybe because chaos seems to be all around it's just that other dimension okay but since all the winds of magic came from magic which comes from chaos right that's right i, mean, I just uh, the whole winds were basically because there was a tear in reality from the north and south poles right leaking chaos into the world and that's where magic came from so i always kind of just pictured these might actually just be pocket realms within the realm of chaos like but you can't get through them but they're just like some you know because what else is there unless they're in so, our reality but it's got to be close because they're still they're so closely related i mean the magic permeates everything the realm like people who live there start to take on the characteristics of like personality wise of that 
realm. People in Akshi are really hot and fiery tempered and stuff like right. that. So does that imply that er- – I like your thought here. So if everything surrounding the realms is chaos, what that represents is sometimes people form and then they try and make order from chaos. So the center of this sphere is an attempt at making order that's been broken down into categories. But the further you go out, the more it refers to chaos. Is that so? That's kind of how I pictured it. Okay. I could be way off on this. Like, there could actually be stuff that they wrote that contradicts everything I'm saying, but... I'm just trying to understand. I want to know the mythology. Whereas before Warhammer, uh, from 1st through 8th edition, it wasn't a mythology so... I mean, there was mythology. Right. But it was a geography, and it was social studies on these different cultures and races of the world. Right. Now it's a mythology, and I want to understand the pantheons. <laughs> yeah, there's and there's some stuff that's just kind of hard to understand and some stuff that you just kind of like they haven't even explained everything yet. So um like a they're th- they're still writing it as they're going along, right? Yeah. You you folks are still learning about the stories with every new supplement. It's probably exactly. why they're being so popular is because people are starting to get into it and they want to know tell me more well, come on George Martin write me hey, another book the biggest well I mean that was the biggest complaint when this started was we didn't know any of this stuff about these places and even when we got some information it was very vague if you read that first book it reads like some old like when you take classes in mythology and not yeah. just Norse mythology just you know like old folk tales and 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 creation myths it's got that feel to it. Like reading um, The Silmarillion. Yeah, that, or even, I mean, some of it can even go back to, like, you know, a Native American creation myths and things like that, because they just, they'll, they'll pick from anything, any sort of themes, ideas to put together the, this, these realms. And it was, it was neat stuff, but it was, at first it was a little rough, because, like, no matter how much they gave us, like, it wasn't filling things in as much. Right, you kind um, of had to use your imagination on what that meant. Yeah, but now there's now those of us who enjoy a sandbox, we're like, this is pretty cool. Well, I yeah, there's there's so many ways you can take it. I I happen to I was a huge fan of pl- the Planescape setting in Dungeons uh-huh. and Dragons. I thought that was so interesting. Like you you know you can go from place to place. That's like it's a realm defined by itself. Like oh, this is a realm of Hades. This is bad. Everything here is going to be terrible. And you in this case, it's like. We're in the realm of death. This this cannot go well for us. <laughs> and the thing is, there was people who lived there and people who lived there happily. But then, of course, the guy starts ruining it and turns it into a realm of undeath, which right. womp, womp, this oh. never, it never is nice. Well, it's very interesting. I'm curious to know more about it. And it's interesting how they've reinvented all the races. So, I mean, Skaven, basically, the Great Horned Rat is the fifth chaos god right now which is kind of funny because one of them is in hiatus anyway yeah so but the other ones all kind of look down on him and they don't like him you although mean, now you mean, you mean the horned rat yeah okay but skaven have cool powers now because they can basically chew between the realms so basically like the tunneling they had before yep but now it works between realms so it's powerful magic yeah, yeah that's interesting so they could create portals really is what yeah. we're talking about they create gnaw holes right through Reality and stuff like that. In fact, a lot of times when you have to spy stuff out, Archeon will send them out because, A, they're really expendable, and B, they can find stuff nobody else can find. That's I don't want to overuse the word, but that too is evocative. Like, can you imagine kind of role-playing yourself into that world, you know, whatever you happen to be, if you're, you know, a rare human in a realm or mm-hmm. whatever, and then you see this 
jagged tear, you know, magical sparks flying, and the the very air opens up and Skaven start pouring. It's terrifying. Oh yeah, you know, it's cool. <laughs> it's say that's good. That's a good story. That's you know, that's scary and interesting. There's a lot of neat stuff that goes on uh, in these stories and in this game, and they're just they keep building it up, and it's cool because they have this storyline and. You know, we got the Realmgate Wars the first year, and then we had about a year where we were kind of playing around with all that. Excuse me. And now we're getting malign portents, and we're finding out that all this time Nagash has been doing this ultimate plan, and now all of a sudden weird things start happening in all the realms, and everybody realizes, uh-oh. And it's one of those things where everybody in all the different realms is realizing around the same time that something is wrong in the realm of death, and Nagash is screwing with things. But as they're all realizing it, it's one of those things where the people in the know are like, I think we just figured this out too late. Like Ooh. We're noticing it because things are actually happening, and things are actually happening because Nagash is in the, his end game for his plan. So it seems like in the Warhammer world, chaos was the end game. Mm-hmm. In this, is it the realm of death? Is it Nagash who's like the ultimate well, it foe? Well, was, it, was, it was up until a few weeks ago, it was chaos because... But I mean, if I mean the like, Realmgate Wars reopening chaos had had taken over and trashed most of every realm except for Azir, and then when when Sigmar was ready, they dropped down, they bashed these gates open. There were huge battles, and then they went out and started to cleanse these areas. And it was through that and through closing some of the gates back to the all points with Archeon that people began to thrive and build big cities again. They were they were on the brink of extinction. I mean, it was to the point where, especially in the realm of Akshi, you know, um, the the chaos, especially the corn bloodbound warbands, um, their stories where they'd be teamed up with one of the other gods' people, and then there was nobody left to fight, so they just killed those guys. And now it was getting to the point where there was nobody left to fight, and they were just killing off each other because they were running out of people to fight. Like that's how bad it was getting, um, and how down to the wire it was for the, for for humanity in in some of these places. Uh, and then he came and stopped it. Now they're flourishing again. But, of course, once they start flourishing, then that brings in a whole bunch of other problems. Right. Um, that's where you get the new Zinch stuff, the Zinch Acolytes. They're basically, they infiltrate uh, the towns and start corrupting things. And then once uh, they've got it going, that's when they show themselves and they literally just transform into those bird-headed humans with, you know, muscles and all this stuff. Um it's like, oh, that's really kind of cool. That's a that's a that's a that's a great little catch that they're putting on here. Do other uh, do other chaos powers have? Uh, I guess infiltrators like this, like they're like other sort of plague assassins, or um, I mean, I suppose it's not really Corn's way to be subtle. So I don't I don't no, see like Corn just don't tell anyone. But I'm going to kill everybody with no, an axe later. Corn pretty much runs just rampant. That's all that right. Corn does as usual. Nurgle, I I haven't seen. Uh, I guess that would be the Skaven. I mean, they're the stealthy yeah, plague bearers, right? Right. And Slanish, I know, is kind of in a strange place right now where the god is missing, but the, the followers in, are still out he's there. He's been imprisoned by Teclis, Tyrion, and Malarian, and he's basically in a halfway point between the realm of light and dark, or light and shadow. Hmm. So being stuck between light and shadow, he's sort of at this midpoint, and no one can find him because that's where he hides stuff. Um, they're they're starting to catch on to where he is his his Slanesh's followers. Okay, um, and that's in the story because when they were pulling all the elf souls out of 
Slanesh yeah. and this, they make the Deepkin and stuff. Uh, the agreement was they were going to split the souls evenly, and then and then, but they needed Marathi because she was the only one who'd ever gotten out, and she was the one who was going to try to explain to them how to get them out. So she wanted some souls too. Turns out she's both a metaphorical as well as a literal snake, and she's been skimming. And because they've got him very precariously balanced between the two realms, and as they're pulling out these souls, they've got to keep him balanced. And I guess Teclis is keeping him balanced with his magics sort of based on what's coming out. But she's skimming. Skimming skulls, souls. Yeah. Okay. So that's throwing him out of balance, and they're not realizing it. And now that he's not in that perfect juncture, they're starting to sense him. So now the Slanesh followers are starting to look more because they're sensing him, and then they're starting to they're they're starting to hone in on where he might be. Does that imply that at some point there will probably be a big spectacular uh, supplement? Well, all the other chaos gods got one. Well, not the Great Horned Rat. They got a. They got, but they got a book too. Um, it kind of comes down to whether or not GW wants to, or how far they want to go with a god of excess to a game they're trying to market to younger kids. I got you. Well, I mean, there are other ways to do it. I don't want to get into like. Interrupting the flow of the story to explain the business behind it. Well, well, yeah, yeah, but that's but that's what I'm, I mean. Nobody knows. Like yeah. everybody wants to see it, and there's no it, like the only reason we can see I, it. I got you. They're, yeah. they're they're trying to make sure that this is an attempt at family friendly in a game that is probably PG thirteen enough as it is. Exactly. I got you. I follow you. I, I mean, but, I mean, once again, this is me sure, talking so completely out of my backside because this is just conjecture. Yeah. You know, I mean, they never came out and said, this is a little too dirty and we're trying to be nice, but that's basically what everybody assumes. Look, kids, it's not dirty. There's only one boob. It's fine. It's half dirty. Half dirty. It's, it's half clean. See, exactly. You're, you're, a, you're a glasses half full sort of person, aren't you, Christopher? And it has Barnett? lobster claws, so it's not dirty. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, and... You know, they're putting out more black library books. There's more fiction coming out. Um, you know, I'm just excited to see what else is coming. You know, there's, I, you know. Well, I know the Ideneth just came out. Yep. So I'm sure that everyone has to be excited about that. Oh, yeah. A lot of people writing up lists and buying models for that army because why not? It's pretty cool. It seems very interesting. I, yeah, I, you know, people have been wanting to play. Uh, well, there's nothing else like it, really. I mean, it's... No, a few heroes and a few of those elves on the eels or on the sharks. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's that can be... There's a lot of people running that right now because it's fast. It hits hard. It's pretty cool. It's fun. Plus, where you you get all the bonuses depending on the high tide. So, you know... So, do all of the races or most of the races have some form of, like, connection into the realms? I know that, like, the Bretonian culture is 100% gone, but more like... There are humans out there somewhere, right? Yes. Okay. So I know that there's no such thing as Empire or Tilia or Estalia because the planet is literally combusted. Right. But, I mean, there there have to be humans. There have to be tribes of humans. There are humans and there are human cities. I, I'm curious to see, like, what direction human culture is taken depending on what realm they're from. be kind of neat, you know. Yeah. I'd like to see, I mean, from, you know, my old Warhammer days, I'd love to know whether or not Chaos Dwarves have existed. And I assume they'd either be in the realm of metal or the realm of uh, fire. And I don't... Or no, maybe the realm of shadow. I mean, they were shadow and death. They were like a Balrog in that regard. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, their name is Fire Dwarf, so it makes more sense for them to be an Akshi. But I'd like to know if they exist. You know, if if positive if Dwar if Dwarden exist, then why not uh, the Dowie? Well, well, Dowie was what the dwarves called themselves, right? But I mean, um, who knows what they'll call it? Honestly, I don't know if they so, do yeah, or the, not. The, the Dowies are, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's just I'd like I'd like to know all those things. I know ogres exist as ogrens, ogors. They're, yeah, ogres. Yeah. So they exist. They're in the realms. Mm-hmm. Where are they? Um, I don't think they have one set realm. Well, although they, they are still before. considered destruction. Yeah, they're nomadic. They move around a lot. Destruction. Well, yeah. The so destruction. Oh, that's right. Because there are there's order. There's chaos. There's destruction and, and death. And death. All right. So eight De- realms. Plus chaos, mm-hmm. plus um, you break yourself down into what alliance you are from. Yes, and that's that's one of the things that I think you would enjoy a lot about the game is, yes, you can take and you can, um, like you could play Stormcast, and if you pick the Stormcast, you can have then the Stormcast Allegiance ability with all sorts of special abilities that are very specific to Stormcast. Right. Or you can go order which is a far more generalized abilities. But I can go, you know what? I'm going to take a base Stormcast army, but I need some movement. So I'm going to take some of these Daughters of Cain because I want some Witch Elves. Or you know what? I like those I like those new eel models. So the Daughters of Cain are order? Yeah. Okay. They so- fight against chaos. I guess that makes sense. They hate Slanesh. Morathi That's a little bit hard Slanesh. to conceive of because to me it seems like a real twist uh, from 8th edition. Right. Because, I mean, with... So Malekith is now Malarian, and since he's been proven right that he truly was the the rightful king... Mm-hmm. And all, he's, the, all that, he's basically the god of the realm of shadow. All that righteous fury has kind of been replaced by something else. It, now he's just a god. Yeah. With Marathi, in 8th edition, every sign pointed to her being a minion of not just chaos, but specifically Slanish. Well, and she made deals with him and stuff like yeah, that. Well, I mean, she ran with the Cult of Pleasure. Uh-huh. That was the name of the group. Uh, but, you know, getting eaten by him and sitting in his belly for eons and then actually dragging your way out and then... Dragging your way out and finding out that you are literally now half snake because of all the things that he did to you and the way he transformed you, she she loathes him. She I get hates it. him. I get it. I mean, so there has to be a story to explain why she's not chaos now. And orders but she got was most orders got most of the armies in it because basically destruction's it, got. It's funny to think of her now as on the side of order. It's such a flip. It's like not only am I angry because Slanish ate me, even though I was worshiping him. Mm-hmm. What do you think he was going to do to you? Yeah, but I mean, I would think of her as more as a chaotic good or a chaos, you know. Well, she seems more like lawful evil. She again, she fu- so she's on the side of order. Well, no, I mean, d- dark elves to me were order. They had a specific right regiment, you know, like yeah. I guess it wouldn't be good. It would, but is it actually? I, I, I don't mean, know. Then evil? again, then again, dark elves. Their society was so. It was messed up. It was messed up. It was it was neutral or chaotic. You're right. Uh huh. Yeah. They're uh, yeah. I mean, basically, they're on the side of order. They're not. They're not good guys. That's no, the whole no. thing. Idna Thiebkin are not good guys. They kill people and steal their souls. But they, they are want, on the side of order. They because want society. They, will they just want to be in against power. chaos. Yes. So they, I guess yeah. Like yeah. So they. 
They want society. They want rules. They just want to be on the business end of those rules, not the receiving end. They want to they want to ish, dish out the orders. They don't want to necessarily receive them, but they believe in a society, just not yeah. a very nice one. Yeah, it depends. Like I said, it, and it depends on who you know, which race you're talking about, and which right. faction you're talking about. And then so there's realm of death, and everything dead lives there. So the Kemri is probably gone. I'm assuming. Yes, because that's more of like a nation. Yeah, Tomb Kings are basically a, one of these compendium armies. What, what about? But what about individuals? Like Cetra the Imperishable was a godlike entity on the planet. Is he just gone? I believe so. Okay, so ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, he was considered a minor player, and his soul was absorbed into the greater collective that is the realm of death. I believe so. It sucks to be him. Yeah, he just he. You know what? Nagash won. Yeah, it's true. That's, that's basically true. what it came I, down I to. I guess it. I guess that's it. Ultimately, the spell was on automatic pilot for thousands of years, so Setra got a free pass. But as soon as Nagash took control, he's like, "No, your soul is mine. I, you don't have to be the imperishable. You can just be yet another cog in my machine." Boom. Yep. And, it, and it is done. Yeah, I don't even know if he really made it past the end times. Really, I mean, I th- okay. I'm pretty certain that once that world blew up, that was it for him. So, wood elves, dark elves, and high elves. There's really no such thing anymore. Elves don't precisely exist. They've become souls, and they've been transformed mostly into some other things. Of the ones we've seen so far, now right. of which we've seen the transformed Ideneth, mm-hmm. and we've seen the daughters of Cain. Yep. Okay. Which implies, if there is a third, we have no idea what they would be. Um, or if there, even if there needs to be a third. And there's no such thing as Wood Elf anymore. However, the the forest spirits that we're familiar with still exist. That's, Sil- that's the Sylvaneth, yeah. That's their name. So it's right. no longer the Wood Elves, it's the Woods. Well, I mean, okay, and the Wood Elves are there right now, the Wanderers, and they're in the Companion. But is that an army that was? Compendium army, From, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they had points, and you could play them but when uh the new edition came out and they gave all those allegiance abilities and ally abilities yeah those guys didn't get in on that okay you know like compendium armies didn't get in on that so you can still take them and you can take them in an um order army okay but like all the named characters and that stuff is all gone it's, okay it, so no more Ober- uh, uh oberon no orion orion i'm thinking <laughs> Much to do about nothing in the head. Uh, so Titania, Orion. Yeah, and I I don't know if they still have that. I I don't know if there is still that model or if he's just like the Lord. Or they turned him generic because a lot of the stuff they did was because they had these character models and they didn't want to say you couldn't use them. Yeah. So then they just got the generic name. Okay. You know, like there's, oh, this guy is a, you know, a wanderer god of the whatever, you know. So of the from the old world, um, from the Warhammer world, it's Malarian from Malekith. Uh, Marathi is still Marathi. Uh-huh. Sigmar exists, and that's, I guess, the closest you're going to get to anyone from the Empire. Yep. Um, Tyrion and Teclas. Tyrion and Teclas both exist as gods, right? They look different. They're twin gods because they were twins. They're the twin, twin gods yeah. of light, yeah. Okay, so... Is it still much like how it was? One is magic-based, one is martial-based? Yep. Okay. Do they look similar? Yep. Same models? We had, They haven't gotten new models yet because none of their race has gotten a book. So Teclis is still wearing that fool-ass hat? Yeah. Okay. The Pope hat? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's got it. Um, and then you've got Alarial. Alarial. 
from the High Elves. Yeah. The queen. She's the goddess of the forest. Because remember, at the end of the end times, when they united... Shouldn't she be married to Malarian? Mm, I don't know if she married him or not. I don't remember. I think I mean, she might have. I think she did. He's the Phoenix King, right? Yeah, but they're not... Now they're they're beyond that stuff, really. They're divorced. Kind of. She broke up with him? Yeah, she told him to take this job and shove it. She ain't working here no more? No. Well, so she doesn't reside with the elves then. So wait, no, there, she, there's gonna she be lives a, in the realm of life. So... All things being likely, there will be a Malarian army. And that will be another form of... Oh, yeah. I'm, what, I'm waiting what, on that one. What used to be Dark Elves, maybe, or something. Yeah, it'll be but something led like that, by yeah. Malarian. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Alarial, um, in fact, you could get some of these the new models, which are something in be- the stuff in between the dryads and the bigger tree things. Um, they, they have, they're like half tree, and then the, like, top, like the top tree? half looks like elves. Oh, this is a newer model. Yeah, the so, one you haven't seen before. I know you haven't seen in, in the in the Sylvaneth because when she when she seeded the forest and was growing these things, part of it was growing from some of her memories from the world that was, and it influenced it when it was being created. So some of them have like the top halves that look kind of elvish. So this Age of Sigmar, a lot of the armies have a very heavy elf soul theme. Uh, the, the elven souls are fueling a lot of these newer forces. I don't know if they're fueling the forces in Sylvaneth or if they just kind of look like the things she remembered when she was creating oh, them. Oh, you think in that case it's just a memory? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting. And then, so the ogres, I think that's it. I can't think of any other races that I'm missing right now that... Now, um, the Seraphon, which used to be the lizard men. Seraphon. You know what? I think I remember reading that. Mm-hmm. It didn't stick. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I figured you would want to know this. Um, they don't really exist, kind of. Basically, when all the spaceships left left the Warhammer world, uh-huh. um, you know, the big ziggurats that were actually spaceships, and the skinks flew the the last of the lizard men off the world. The the skinks did, not the slam? Well, no, the slam were riding, but the skinks took care of them. And so when everything happened and it was time to go and the machines were kicked in, they're the ones who were doing all the, boop, 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 all boop, the working boop. on it. Okay. Um, so they flew off to the stars, and they've been out there a long time. And actually, pretty much all of the all of the lizard men or seraphon were like dead, except for the slan. Okay. And the slan used their magical magicy magic. They pulled a princess Leia, didn't they? Yeah. Um, well, no. Uh, basically, when they want to go fight chaos because they hate chaos, um, the slan just imagines. All of those creatures, so all of the the Saurus, all of the Skinks, all of the Croxagores, all that stuff, they basically think it into reality. So they're technically like demons. They're fighting a phantom army. Yeah, but I mean, they're, they they become very solid. Like they they wizard them up, but they're calling them up from past memories. I got you. So they don't really have a home base because there's not a. They don't need to live. Live. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Seraphon are out there, sort of, and they come down from the the stars. They come down sometimes on a meteor, and then, hey, look, there's this army that I that I dreamed up. It's so, kind of so, weird. So anytime a slan loses, he's thinking, oh man, I should have imagined a larger army. Basically, yes. Ah, all right. It's it's weird, but yeah, they're. Um, and they kind of get short shrift because they can't ally with too much because they're 
so completely other and foreign, you know? So nobody's really playing with the Lizardmen right now? People, I mean, people play with them. People like them. And you could take them in just a straight order army. But if you want to do allies in, I think it's the Stormcaster about it. Isn't that enough? Well, yeah. And Stormcast, it literally, Stormcast, when you look at the list of allies, it says any order. Like, they'll fight with anybody who's fighting against chaos. Right. So, you know. But, yeah, the Seraphon are on the side of order, but they don't mix well because they're not really real. They're just kind of demon dreams. So it's a floating frog that dreams up, like, all the other stuff. Yep. All right. It's kind of cool when you well, read it. What's, like, you what's read the, the name of the Chinese clay soldiers that they found? I can't remember. The, the Terracotta Terra- Army. It's like the Terracotta Army. It's all gar- It's made up, but in this case, it's animated. Yeah. I mean, once again, oversimplifying, but just so you get some of the ideas. That's that's interesting, though. I don't know how I feel about it, but it's interesting. Yeah. It's, it, well, it's, it's a big change is what it is. Yeah. It, Everything definitely. is a big change. Yeah. But I'm, so, like, yeah, there's so much story out here. And there's, like, we've only scratched the surface, and we haven't even gotten into... Like, nobody knows what, what's going on in the realm of shadow, because... Who it, knows uh, what goes on in the realm <laughs> of shadows? Well, when, even when you read the books, it's like, oh, they sent some people in the realm of shadow, and then they were never heard from again. It's like, oh, really? Yeah. Or they sent some people in the realm of shadow, and they came back, and then they wouldn't talk about what they saw there, because they were... And they're, they're, they were not... It reminds you of people from, you know, Call of Cthulhu. It's like, oh, I can't speak of that, or, or oh, I'm dead, or oh, I've gone crazy. And it's like, oh, boy, like, that's not... It doesn't seem like a nice place, but we have barely scratched it. The realm of metal's really cool. <laughs> of course it is. It's the, <laughs> it's the, the realm, realm of metal. metal. But they've got, like, like liquid mercury, like, rivers and stuff like that, just because, you know, metal. Metal. It's so metal. Yeah. Blacker than the blackest black. Come on over. Infinity. I live in the realm of metal. We'll have lunch. So... Yeah, that's. I mean, that's this. That's this story building. You basically sat with Alex that day to go all the way back to the beginning of this conversation, mm-hmm. and he was just explaining all this stuff to you, right? Well, I mean, it was because beforehand I thought, what I thought was, I thought it was still all of this was still happening on the Warhammer world. I'm like, how did it go from chaos is flooding the world to all the dwarves are either on fire or live in zeppelins? <laughs> You know, I can get, like, the humans got overrun. Okay, that's fine. So there's no more Bretonia, which breaks my heart, but that's how it is. No more Empire. I don't care. You know. Well, and here's the thing. Like, you can still play all that Empire stuff, but I think I, they're looking for a... Well, I didn't understand why there was no attempt to rebuild. Why, like, why are there no High Elves? Why are there no Dark Elves? How did things change? And the answer is, there's no planet. Right. It's gone. Well, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> they're all gone, gone. No more bodies. No more, you know, no more Mingle Nars, Zarnagrin, no and the, more. And the things that we are no finding. No more Maw. No. No, the, the Great Maw never, is not even really mentioned too much in the in the, in the the one book that the. You, you get the implication that the Maw was like, it came from a comet, like it was a great creature with magical powers. So it's dead. Yep. Of course, now you got the, uh, the new book where basically they're sort of cursed and they're literally running. It's the all, the. All ogre calf, so it's all like Morn Fangs, and it sounds like Eighth Edition. And but these guys are uh, literally running, and like the the this the winter is just following behind them. If they don't move quick enough, they'll even get overrun and get frozen and get stuck there until until it thaws. Um, they're nomadic by necessity. Oh yeah, so they're chased by magic. So in other words, being nomadic because the moth forces them to hunt. 
it's like this all frost thing because coming through. Yeah. Ogres are like a tragic race. Yeah, it's really weird when you read some of their stuff. It's pretty cool. I mean, like they're really when they were when they were like on a when they were in the prime material plane when they were on the Warhammer world, they were constantly plagued by never ending almost vampiric hunger. Right now, they're being chased by a winter which will kill them. Well, at least this, at least the one, the one you know army they've put out so far, there's still regular ogre stuff that's in a different faction that, that has never gotten a book. A little bit Game of Thrones. Winter is always coming. Yes. It's uh, it's one of the best things about the new game is that having these realms, like all the stuff that they've always sort of wanted to do but couldn't because it didn't fit into the Warhammer world, doesn't matter anymore. They're, they're because just, there's room for it anywhere. Yes, exactly. Because as long as we don't have a specific map, that means we can always add it because it's a realm now. It's mm-hmm. an undefined mythological place and even the stuff that they are defining it's such a small portion of the actual realm that they're telling us about that there could be stuff in other parts of the realm that we just haven't heard about yet it's, it's kind of why i liked um you know how you when you role play there it's great to role play in a setting that isn't 100 percent defined because you can always add it and it doesn't ruin the story that you've laid before exactly whereas if you're playing like i used to have a, a indiana jones role-playing game i'm like great so one of us is having a good time and the rest of us are short round how does this work? <laughs> and you can't change the story. Oh, Indy died. <laughs> well, that's it. Great story. You know, so, but with, with this, it's like you can't ruin anything because anything is possible. They've opened up a giant sandbox. It's neat. It's neat. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And, and the quality of the stuff they've been putting out has been pretty good. Be cooler if they officially say that, yes, castors are part of this new world. I, I wish they would. <laughs> I'm a little biased. I honestly wish they would. Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to tell G-Dub what to do, and they're probably smartly not listening to my advice, but, you know. I th- I more dwarves there. is good dwarves. I got to admit, I think I like those those uh, clockwork dwarves more than you do. I don't think you're a dwarf player at all. You can keep saying that all you want. You know hey, why I say that? I've been saying because it Because you're for... not playing them at all. A. B. I've known you for 30 years. It's true. And... I've said it before, and I'll More say than it again. Years, my man. I know you can be as wrong as you want to be. We'll still be friends. Aw, but that, if, yeah. But um, yeah. So how how long has it been since you've played with any sort of dwarven army? Oh, about a year and a half. Man, you hate them. You hate the dwarves. No, I just you hate the rebasing, dwarf? and I'm waiting. Oh, yeah. I, and I don't I, blame you there. And I really want to get like I love the dispossessed, but I kind of want. It's one of those things where I'm waiting to get a no, book. Wait, 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 wait. Now, the Dispossessed, that's an army that was, right? No, Dispossessed exists. So those are what I would consider... Dwarves. The standard dwarves yes. from like an 8th edition familiarity. Yes. Picture... Okay, take the old... So they live. Dwar- oh, yeah. Are they the same dwarves from the Warhammer world? Probably. Okay. I mean, it's like I said, once again, it's been thousands of years. I mean, it, and again, that implies that of all the planets that are in this whole universe... Apparently, only the Warhammer world is the center of all the everything. Otherwise, why would the dwarves populate the realms? Well, the Warhammer world was the one that blowed up, and that was the one that all the Winds of Magic shot out of. Right. So that's sort of, you know, it's like the core that it's spored from. But, I mean, of the eight realms, all of them are now being ruled by people who are originally from the Warhammer world. 
So no matter how many Somewhat, planets yeah. are in this universe, this one little planet that blew up in the middle of nowhere turns out to be the center of the universe. And it's gone. Yeah. It's interesting. Or maybe what that they're implying is this is one of those weird universes with only one planet. Well, I mean, it, who knows? I don't know. Because we don't even know when the whole thing was created. You go back to with the with the with the realm gates or the or the which, which really seemed like webway portals. I don't know. I mean, there's the, there's so many ways they can take it, and mm-hmm. I have to admit, GW has done an interesting job of writing a story that makes me. This is what they're known for. This is what they're best at. They've created for the second time. I mean, this is how I felt about um, about Warhammer Fantasy, the old version. I love that world. One of my favorite things to do was just read. Yeah. And then they've done it again. So mm-hmm. I'm impressed. Yeah. I mean, everyone, you know, you could, that was like, the big, they threw away 30 years of history. No. They ended that part of it, which was where it all was, but it's all been scattered out into this now. Well, they held true to what they said they were going to do. You kind of got the impression the whole time you were playing Warhammer Fantasy, you know, unless you're chaos, we're losing this. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, as Chaos Dwarves, I wasn't exactly sure what that meant. I'm like, well, we might be winners in this one. We're definitely supplying the winners. Yeah. <laughs> we're selling them pretty nice cannons at a hell of a price, too. But I don't know if we're going to win. But they did. They won. Yep. Well, should we uh, at some point lead into our, our game? Yeah. You know what? Let's uh, let's take one last break. Oh, Just right. real quick, so then and then we'll talk about the game and wrap up the show. Sounds good. the garage hammer shirt who cares about him look at that guy with the garage hammer hoodie that's right guys nothing tells the ladies i'm one of the gaming elite like garage wear so hurry to garagehammer.net slash store and soon you'll be the guy at game night that all the gamer chicks are talking about remember boys first you get your gear then you win all your games then you get the chicks that's right, boys. The only gamers we notice are in Garage Gear. And we are back. All right. Chris played a game. I did. I played a game of... Age of Sigmar. And unfortunately, I had to play against Dave's uh, Stormcast Eternals. Uh, the main reason being that Dave doesn't like dwarves. That's, that's, that's right. So I played the the Chaos Dwarves, uh, translated into the Age of Sigmar. And uh, it was a it was a reflection of the the, the Legion of Asgore from from Forge World. Uh, that's what that's the, the those are the Chaos Dwarves that were translated into Age of Sigmar. Right. I mean, as opposed to like, remember, I played long enough where it's like, well, it was the big hats. Well, it was the second edition Iron Masks. Well, it was the, you know, 
no, in this case, it was clearly the uh, the the the, the Tamarcon one. Tamarcon, yeah, yeah uh, uh, Asgore. Uh, it was a one thousand point. Yeah, we army. I, yeah, cause we wanted to keep it simple enough so you can get all the rules and kind of get a taste for it without having tons of stuff overlapping. So learning the rules was very fast. Um, trying to remember all the special rules from every individual. Uh, on the table in mm-hmm. every different warband, that was more of a challenge at first. Like I don't remember what the weapon. Th- this weapon does something. Wait, the shield does something, and it's it's relatively straightforward. But um, you can quickly be challenged to remember everything because there are so many different varying troops on the table. I still literally write down phase by phase the things. I always have a note, uh, like a notebook or something. Where I'm like, okay, in the hero phase, remember to do all of these things because these are all the special abilities. Uh, this this weapon does this in the shooting phase. In the shooting phase, remember to do this. And I will keep a list just to make sure that I don't forget one of those things. I was inclined to do it. I was going to write them on. I didn't have any, but I was thinking like, the, you know, little flashcards or something. Uh, here's this unit. This is Iron Sworn or Iron, you know, and they've got these and mm-hmm. my fire glaives. Exactly. But it was uh yeah it was a one thousand point game and um, I I it, it my my army has transformed uh, for one thing they're war bands which is fine I wasn't sure what to expect like I know the army that I've played for the past twenty years and whatever right it was. and you know th- in the past the army was I'm not going to move but I'm going to make you even slower I'm going to force you into the killing zone and make you stay there then it became uh, the dwarves of chaos was. Um, my artillery is barking like a mangry dog. Yeah. <laughs> and it's probably at some point going to chase after you. And it was super fun. And, you know, there's almost always like, you know, there's always the blunderbuss artillery, that sort of thing. In this one, the blunderbusses are kind of fading away. And instead we have uh, deadly serious troops. I think that my main, uh, my iron sworn, uh, I would take more of those. Like I, th- I took a large unit of 30, mm-hmm. which... Um, paid for themselves. I thought they were probably the best part of my They army. were dishing it out. Yeah. I took some fire glaives and they're the the basically with the blunderbusses turned into. It's 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 the miniature that they made for Forge World. They've got the long rifle. Right. Um I think I didn't do well, but I think the reason I didn't do well with them was uh you were cheating and you were playing the Stormcast Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was cheating. Those shoulder pads. They just sort of bounced off of them. I took some basic stuff, but yeah, you learned the unhappy truth of the, and I didn't even have it at the worst setting. But <laughs> I understand those guys can be very difficult to deal with. For me, what it felt like is I think he just needs to roll twos and he wins, and he gets to re-roll. No, I was just uh, the, their their armor save is ridiculous. It was tough to deal with, which is why I felt like I learned very quickly that you want mortal wounds. Yeah. As many as you can possibly get. And my best way of providing mortal wounds to you was either through the magic phase or from my shields, of all things. I, uh, in case you're not familiar with them, the the um, Legion of Asgore's Fire Sworn. No, yeah, uh, Iron Sworn. Iron Sworn, yeah. My basic troops, basic Chaos Dwarf troops. They, in addition to their weapon, they carry a... Spite shield, I think it's called. And it, if um, if I make a save and it's a six, then a a mortal wound gets bounced back to the person who caused it. And if you can find a way to give plus one to your saves, 
Right. Oh, even better. And I believe that there are ways to do that. Yeah. And see, and that's where you start looking for those things, so those synergies. Getting hit is almost the most effective way for me to kill you because that's the only way I can seem to get any wounds to stick. Yeah. Because my gunners did next to nothing. No, I managed I managed to uh I managed to weather the storm pretty well. Yeah. I, it looked like you had it there for a while and then it was just what you know what wound up happening was I got a really good uh one turn I got some really good attacks in on you. Yeah, there was we there were was one hitting turn each other where back things, and forth. Yeah. It's like I wasn't hitting you too good and then you were hitting me really well but my but my I didn't take armor any- was was holding up. Yeah, it was. I, and, I couldn't get you to lose any saves. And basically what happened was I had a really amazing attack phase against you before you managed to have uh, – before I managed to have a really bad saving roll phase. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those two things is going to happen. Eventually, you're, you know, law of averages, you're going to either have some, a really good or a really bad round. Um, and it just came down to can I have a really good round of attacking before I have a really bad round of saving throws? Well, if I was gonna if I was gonna do anything of the sort again, I think I would skip the shots, which didn't do very much. Uh, in fact, even your even your archers didn't do that much. No, but um, just more troops, more troop, you know, more feet on the table. Exactly. Um, the uh, the what were they called the 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 Kadai? Yes. The Fireborn. Um, I I was used to them from the past. And yeah, they, I don't think you used them properly, and I think we figured that out about yeah. halfway through. You're like, you know what? This is not what they're good at, and because you're reading, wait, wait, this is what their rule does. Why am I using them this way? And I'm like, I don't know. Because I was, I was in my mind yeah. thinking, I'm just going to rush them into combat, and they're going to grind you to dust. They also had a special rule that everything around them takes a mortal wound, so yep. it's like I'm just going to rush them in. These guys are impossible to kill. Plot point: they're not, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, and then just grind you. And the problem was, uh, the old days they were impossible to kill. In the brand new days, they're possible to kill. Uh, in yes. fact, you, you know, <laughs> you just pretty much put them out like a cigarette, and they're done. You just have to attack something that's more fragile than they are, and yes. then they'll do tons of damage. Uh, the bull centaurs on the other side, they're they're not called that. I think they're called renders now. Yeah. Uh, they did okay. They they wiped out one unit, but then oh, it was because I didn't charge. They did fine. They were alive the whole time. I f- I miserably failed to charge. I rolled deuces. Right, there's like two turns in a row. It's it like was, you, this should. The first one you only needed like a six or seven. You failed it, so you moved them up as close as you could get, and, and then, then still I was failed lo- it. anything but a deuce, and I rolled the deuce. Yeah. So at that point, I think you were able to sweep in with your what are they called? They're they're uh, stormcast eternals with wings. Oh, the uh, prosecutors. We call Alex and I just call them the pigeons. Pigeons. All oh, right. So the pigeons just be able. To, I mean, I told you it's like you've got me because I can't stop you from flying over my head and claiming this, and I won't be able to get to you in time. And you're like, yeah. So we called it because you you won the scenario. You won the game. Yeah, but even that that was like turn four. Like, oh you, yeah. You know, I mean, there's only a five turn game, so managing to get managing to get you off balance, and it was like your first game too. And I was like, I'm trying. I, I think I put up a decent fight. No, you what, did. What ended up happening for me was I losing the Kadai, I don't think lost me the game, but it definitely weakened that side of the table. Absolutely. And what was next to them were the 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 fire glaives, my art, my my shooters, and they didn't pay for themselves at all. And once the your guys were able to charge them into combat, it was it was a fairly decisive loss. They just started to crumble. 
do people still say crumble? Sure. I mean, to, to, to imply that you don't break anymore, but instead you guys fall off the back? Right. Okay. Um, Is that what the kids say these days? It's Battleshock. Battleshock. So you say, oh, you Battleshock off the table? Yeah. You just pull the pull the Battleshock off of these guys? Yeah, if you're Battleshock, it, you, yeah, you're going to be pulling more guys off. So, But it was a fun game. And I think, here's what I think. I think if we play another game and we play uh, higher points, if we go closer to the 2K... Uh, where you can include try out some of those big war machines you wanted to try out. I would like to try it. But yeah, I was not able to take. I mean, the 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 Legion of Asgore still has all of those giant war machines, and I'd like to pull up my my train. And why not? Because yeah. it's it's fun. <laughs> you know, you know what's crazy is that this isn't even the army, or I should say, um, well, yeah, this is this is not even the game that 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 particular army was made for, and. Uh, the the Legion of Asgore update for Age of Sigmar does a better job of explaining to me how I'm going to move these models on the table than Eighth Edition did. Oh yeah. Part of the reason I stopped taking the Dreadquake is because I couldn't justify. Man, I don't know how this moves. I don't <laughs> know how it positions. There are no rules, nor nor any template, nor any base that tells me where it actually is on the table. And because bases matter in Eighth Edition, you know, it's like. I don't. Yeah. I can't take it in good conscience, not knowing how it plays. No, I. Because if you. anyone asks me any important questions, I go, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so now I know how to play the damn thing, the darn thing, the gosh darn thing. Liberty Jib, the dingle dee dong thing. Go- anyway, googly moogly. So yeah, I'll take some artillery and shoot you, shoot yeah. at you, and hopefully, hopefully they'll do some uh, mortal wounds against you. That I, that's one thing I, I I don't have much of an answer for. I should hope not, because you had an answer for everything else. Yeah. It's... I, one thing I'll have to say about our game is, uh, compared to 8th edition, it was so refreshing to not have to deal with Purple Sun stuff. Uh, in case people who are listening to your show don't know what that means, I'm making a reference to what I consider to be an over-the-top power level in Magic in 8th edition. It, I was a victim of it. I was a uh, perpetrator of it. And it never made the game better. I'm glad that that's gone, and I'm glad it's replaced with something that makes magic more of a supplement. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was such a huge pendulum swing in eighth, and now it's not necessarily go. It's not that, you know, there are spells and there are casters who get all sorts of bonuses, and they do really cool and devastating as, stuff. As there should be, as there should be, but it's no longer everyone is going to be doing this. Nope. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, your army didn't have a wizard. You had commands, and I liked it. This is going to be a benefit to my army. I don't have to cast it. I'm just doing it. It's like uh, the old warrior priests mm-hmm. from the 8th edition. Uh, but see, Empire. now you ally in a wizard. Well, okay. And then he gets the little... Unless you're role-playing. I mean, if this right. is a pure army, or if it isn't, and you're guarding a gate, then maybe like all the friends from Akshi's fire, uh, the fire slayers, and mm-hmm. you're... Do they, I assume they don't have wizards either, though. Fire Slayers? Yeah. They do they have rune priests. Which Are is they kind, casting they, magic or th- commands? Uh I don't remember. I think they can cast magic. Okay, so I mean dwarves have evolved. Or do they? What about your clockwork? Uh, what are they called again? The um uh Caradron Overlords. Caradron. Caradron Overlords. They don't cast magic, right? Just commands? I'm just curious how much dwarves have changed. Do they cast magic? I don't know. You're the one who plays this game. You're the hero of Warhammer. <laughs> I am a hero. Don't can, forget can, it. Can I be your nemesis? No. Mm. No, you'd be my ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know darn well that's the job. 
Um, I am left-handed. I, I could, I could, I could I be know. your uh, your sinister seneschal. That's 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 what I need. Okay, that's the good. Yeah, now that good, I'll mark that off as a position filled. Excellent, excellent. Um, I don't remember. Honestly, I don't. I'm just a little tired tonight, and I'm drawing a blank on stuff that I haven't looked at in a while. All right. Well, I mean, it's not, it's not that important. I'm you just know what curious, you can do, though? What can I do? You can, you can go call my back, congressman. You can go uh, into your phone, into your podcast list, and yeah. you can find the show and go back and listen to the Caradron Overlord's book review that I did, and it will tell you everything you need to know in there. You know what I think I need to do? I think I need to take that one step further. Uh, do you have an entire Caradron army? Uh, no, I sold it. Really? Yep, I've got about I got a I got about ten guys that I built and f- didn't finish painting, and I got that boat I painted. Do you have your uh, Fire Slayer army painted? Uh, no, I sold it. So what you're telling me is that you don't like dwarves? No, I, what I'm telling you is I don't want to keep. Shelves full of stuff I'm never going to get around to, and I'm still trying to finish all this death and the Stormcast. It's too bad. What I was going to suggest is... Um, You're going to play it. I'll play the Caradron. Sure. Against your uh, big, dumb shoulder pads. <laughs> <laughs> um, unfortunately, yeah, I don't have one. But if you had the book and you liked it, we could totally play Proxy out well, if you wanted to try I mean, it. I could certainly I do more chaos you the book. What other armies do you have available? Um... Harrison, well, let's see. No, Harrison's got that's high elves, and that's, um, that's another army that was. I, what I'm right. what I'm curious about is I'm curious to try an army that is mm-hmm. that represents Age of Sigmar, which is partly why I'm hoping that Chaos Dwarves actually have a place in this new war- realm because it's more fun to role play that. You yeah. know what I mean? It's more no, fun exactly. to actually like no, I'm guarding a gate. I'm you know sort of no. Really, right now all I've got is Death and Stormcast. That's I mean, I have a dispossessed army. Oh, the because that's the old dwarf army. You but just, you're you're telling me they do exist in the new world somewhere. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. The dirtiest, dingiest corner of. Yeah, though they're not that they're not they're not compendium armies. They're in the general's handbook. They exist. Humor me for a second. I'm trying to think. Like uh, I'm imagining where the dispossessed would live. So again, it's it's heaven's light, shadows, uh, d- death. Right, um, mm-hmm. fire. That's five. Metal, uh, beast, and life. Metal beats life. That's it. Okay. So, or unless you said life, but whatever. No, I think I said light. Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, right. There's light. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a light. Yeah. That's yeah. that's right. That's the anti undead one the, from earlier editions. There's light and shadow. Right. Shadow is pit of shades and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's all coming back to me. So. Wow, I thought I was completely prepared with all the answers. And then I'm like, no, I don't remember. Well, I mean, the nature of a lot of my questions is how do I get from where I was before in my knowledge base to what is now? Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. And and some of that is just picking up some of these these, uh, battle tomes and just borrowing them from me and and reading up some of the lore. And and a lot of times, a lot of the stuff is overlapping, so you're going to get, you know, other bits of lore in the one you're you're going through. So I guess we should quickly wrap up the rest of the game. In, in a nutshell, I wh- I think I put up a fairly good fight. I thought um, I actually thought if you if you were able to crack that one unit a little quicker, the unit of paladins. Uh, if yeah, b- what what ended up happening is that the your pigeons. You you told me the name and I forgot, and all I remember is pigeons now. Yeah, the, the desecrators. The 
poopinators. The uh, protectors. Flutter clucks. Mm. Protectinators. No, that's not protectors. Uh, Whatever they're called. Who cares? Anyway. The pigeons. The pigeons. The, the, the flying space marines. The, um, the Stormcast Eternal pr- protectors. Pigeons. They're pigeons. All right. Yes. So those are the guys that would have been caught by the renders, by my uh, bull centaur cavalry. Right. Because they didn't catch you, you were able to go, well, screw you guys, and just fly right over and take the thing and win. Oh, prosecutors. It is prosecutors. prosecutors. That's right. Now I remember. Okay. Protectors are the guys that would had, had the long the long g- glaives. The, the ones that could reflect, or uh, the... D- made it harder to shoot, hit them with shooting. Right. Okay. Yeah. Those guys are a bit of a problem. And they really, uh, yeah, the, the missing that charge, because that's right, I forgot about that. You had to make the, what, seven or eight inch charge and you failed it and then you no, moved I, up on them and uh, had to make a three inch charge and failed it. And they were like, well, we're going to fly away now because you're right here. Because we could do that or we could lose. Yeah. Are, are you going to charge me or not? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. That would be a bad idea on every level. Well, anyway, I enjoyed the game. I uh, I ultimately lost uh, from the scenario perspective, but I felt like I put up a pretty good fight, all things considered, and you were very patient teaching me with the rules. The biggest issue I had was you have so many um, uh, commands emanating from some of your characters mm-hmm. that it was hard for me to remember. So does that guy just like 2-plus all the time forever, and you're like, well, it's a 2-plus, 3-plus re-roll, and, you know. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of the impression I got of the Stormcast. So these guys are just really hard to chew through. You have to do your math. You almost need, like, I need six to one to guarantee that I'm going to get through these guys. Uh, and all of your guys had additional wounds, which made it even tougher. Yeah, so, yeah, that's two minimum, yeah. So I assume that really the answer to Stormcast is dredge up all the mortal wounds you can. Uh, that, that will get things done quick. Take out the characters and mortal wounds will do it a lot of the time. I mean, and it's easier to assassinate characters, right? Yeah. Okay. During my hero phase, I can heal uh, one character usually, but that's not necessarily going to be enough. Next time I play, I'll have a slightly better sense also of what's going on. Like what character is likely to do what on your end so I can at least anticipate and be a better general. Cause this yes. time around, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to run at you. And then I'll throw things at you, and hopefully they'll hit you and not just bounce off. Well, like I said, it was just a total learning game. Yeah. You know, just putting stuff down, seeing what would happen. I'm curious also to see, like, what would happen with the same army I chose against some other army that isn't uh, so hard to hurt. Sure, sure, sure. Is Are the Stormcast considered, like, probably the most resilient of armies? They're They're pretty, yeah, they're pretty resilient. Okay. I mean... They're not going in and crushing every tournament, but there's players who know how to play them or do well with them. More so than dwarves, then? Like, uh, it seems like armor is no longer a thing. You have armor, and that means you have a special rule. Like, I had I had my armor and my shield, and that meant I had special rules, too. But mm-hmm. it, wasn't, it didn't adjust the role. It just, it, it was, you know, it created a trigger effect sometimes. Yeah, and that, and a lot, I mean... Sometimes it says if you take shields, just add one to your save, depending on what who what models you're taking. Right. Mine were different, completely yeah. different. Sometimes if you got a shield, it's, oh, re-roll ones to save, you know, instead of changing your... Yeah, I think that's what my sh- my armor was, was I got to re-roll ones. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's, there, there, there's different ways, you know, that they that it can take effect, so... But you're going to play again, and that's what is making yeah. me happy. Do you um, 
I'm trying to remember. You said you have lore of death. I'm assuming that means. I mean, you had the old eighth edition everything army. Uh huh. Um, how different? I know that, for example, Nagash probably has his own book and his own army, but it's not the same stuff. Like you're not going to see a black coach anymore, right? Oh, there's a black coach. Oh, is there? Okay. Yeah. Um, right now, death has two battle tomes. They got flesh eater courts. Now, we're, no, they live in the world of de- the realm of death, mm-hmm. right? Are they under Nagash's flag, or are they trying to be something else? Well, I mean, they're kind of their own thing. Um, some of them love Nagash. Some of them just hide from him or are terrified of him. But it was it's what I would my eighth edition sensibilities is what I'd call a Strigoi army, right? Basically, yeah. Okay, and that's not even eighth edition. Strigoi was like it's that and it's that, that like and ghouls, sixth. yeah. And ghouls and the vampires that went bestial. Yeah. So could you argue that the realm of death, realm of beasts? No, because there's um, crypt horrors and the... But I mean, those all of these things that we're talking about are like ghoul-based, where once upon a time they were considered to be alive yes. just, right? Yes. Are they different now? A little bit. Okay. Um, they've I mean, broken they... more into courts, and I mean they're really they're crazy. You you will like the story. I will let you borrow that book at some point. You will like flesh eater courts. Um, the story would take too long to explain right now, mm-hmm. but um, basically the vampires that are that run the thing um, are they're nuts. They're nuts. They're literally delusional. And their delusion is infectious, and if you drink from their blood and and do you become a participant in this delusion that they are not ugly, gross things that are going around after the battle and and taking up the bodies and eating you know cannibalistic sort of carrion life, they see themselves as like you know Bretonian knights and stuff like so they live in an altered reality a complete delusion of what there, is when you read the book they actually describe stuff when you read the descriptions and you know it's with this lord on a on a zombie dragon and they're looking up at it and their descriptions it more sounds like um you know a lord on a pegasus or a lord on a on a giant you know like the carl franz on that giant uh you know grip Monst- whatever the thing is that's evocative on. too because what it makes me want to do mm-hmm. is it I would love to be able to take Bretonian models and convert heavily with undead models so that like there are parts of it that are gleaming like you can mm-hmm. s- you can see like ribbons of what they see versus oh sure you know there's all sorts of room to to go to go bonkers with the conversions um, there's a great picture in the book. Everybody loves it. Um, and it looks, it's, a, it's this, uh, I think it was like a big, beautiful sword. And then the shadow is a bone. Oh, that's neat. Because that's, that's what they see and what they fight when they're fighting. It's just, yeah, they're literally delusional. Okay. That's, that's an interesting concept. It was really cool. When that came out, we're all like, oh, this is all stuff we've seen before. Wait, no, no, we haven't. This is great. Because I hated the explanation for ghouls before. They just didn't make sense. Feral people who were like that. I'm like, but they got bones sticking out of them and stuff. Yeah, they don't make a lot of sense. No. They, they, now you read them, you're like, okay, this, I get what's going on here a little more. It's it's good. I like it. And that, yeah, you, if you really, if you're interested, you know, the um, there's a bunch of stuff I can give you from my books to read. But the different, I would just start with the, with the battle tomes, literally, because if you find... One oh these guys are interesting. You get twenty thirty pages of a little of their story. It helps fill in a bit of the Warhammer world, and you get a sense of the armies. 
Yeah, I'd like to read more about them. I'm curious. It, what's fun, I always thought the differences between armies made the game fun for me. I love jumping from book to book just to get such a different perspective. And it's, the you know, the joy of starting over. Because <laughs> suddenly I'm looking at these things going, well, these are completely different from anything that's out there. These are clockwork dwarves who live in the skies. It's, uh, are you familiar with the video game Bioshock Infinite? Right. It's a little bit like that. It's like, mm-hmm. this is really neat. This is yesterday's tomorrow stuff. And... Or, uh, or or the um, the Ideneth, mm-hmm. the sea elves, and that's what's really cool is as you as you read these stories and you start to get a feel for some of these different races and and different characters, things that are coming up. It's like it just leaves you wanting more. You're waiting to see what the next thing is that they're going to write because they can kind of rework everything and put it wherever they want it. Yeah, and it felt like they painted themselves into a corner, and in one fell swoop, they got themselves completely out of it, and the world is now open to them. Yeah. And once again, you can really mix things up, you know. Um, you can mix up anything that's under the Grand Alliance. So it's like, oh, this new thing came out, and it, it's really cool. Well, go ahead and paint some because you can mix up your army. And you don't even have to. You don't have to limit yourself as allies if you're staying under a grand alliance. And I mean, if you want to be competitive and all that, and you're worried about going to a tournament, maybe you might need to streamline stuff more. But if you're playing with your friends, you know, oh, I these things are awesome. I'm buying these, and I'm going to throw them into my army because it's just going to be order. In and it's just going to be destruction. Here's an oddball question for you: um, Do people like in tournaments? Are, is is there any sort of bad form in playing with the older armies? Like, do people go, oh, man, you should probably catch up to the story? What do you mean? What, Meaning, what like, older armies? let's say I show up with a pure dark elf army, because, for example, that's what I had. Mm-hmm. Are people going to go, it's cool, I know you want to play, but... Not really. I mean, if it's a compendium army, if it's got points, then, yeah, go ahead and play it, you know? Right. It's just... Uh... I mean, there's there's something to be said. I'm trying to be cognizant of the idea that you go to a tournament, there's a little bit of a consensual hallucination that we're all part of the same world. And I, I what I would be mar- marginally afraid of mm-hmm. is being the kid without really trying, kind of throwing things off. It's like, hey, man, thanks for being a part of it. But if you're going to go, can you go all the way? You know, Can you be a part of the world that we're trying to be a part of? This well, is Age of Sigmar. We know there is a past... But if you can, can you catch up? You know, I, I, no one would be a jerk about it. I'm just curious. Yeah, is like, I don't know that is there is there like, or is it not even like that? I, don't, I haven't seen anything really like that. Um, a lot of the time, many of these compendium armies they have some counterpoint in the regular game at some to some degree. Hmm. I mean, you can find all those, almost all those without the characters, all that dark elf. Stuff is in some of these, you know, mixed in throughout the. I'm I'm just in a little bit of different trouble. categories. All the armies that I had, um, because I had gotten, you know, I had tomb kings and those don't exist, right? Uh, so like, you're not even going to see the tomb king chariots or cetera or the hyra titan or the sphinx. None of those exist at all at all. Uh, the chaos dwarves, I don't know if they exist or not, but they're more likely to exist than anything else. Dark elves are does not seem like are going to exist. I could probably use some of the witch elves. Well, the witch elves, yeah, I mean, that's they have their own, I mean, the Daughters of Cain Yeah, book. I can probably use those models, and then the other one would be the Bretonians. Well, whoops, they're gone, gone. Yeah. With the capital on, John, gone. You know, they're just 
We'd have to look through the general's handbook and see what parts are still there. Yeah. And that's basically what you'd have to do. Um, a lot of people are still confident they're going to bring a lot of that, some of that, you know, you'll get some new models and you'll bring back some of these. Sure. Some of these older, when when we get it, and we just, we haven't gotten, there's a lot of things we haven't gotten yet. There has not been a goblin battle tome. So there's no goblins at all right now? No, there's goblins. Oh, they're called grots. They went. Okay. To, they went with grots. So goblins still exist. They basically exist in the same place as orcs in the realm of yeah. Beasts. And they have they have they but, have points, and they're in the they're in the general's handbook, but they haven't gotten an actual legit battle tome. Oh, you mean there's no army that's specific to goblins right yes. now, like uh, Grotsnik? No, Skarsnik. Yep, and Gobla. Mm-hmm. Okay, but like whereas the ogres have gotten a book and the Orcs have gotten two books, and you know. I, I guess that means that orcs and the ga- and the ogres they probably don't have any of the same characters anymore. They can't. No, they, no, they don't. Right. That's interesting. So all the characters you had, they're gone. Yeah, I mean, you can still use the models because they just count them as lords and and heroes, right. you know. But but no, you, there's th- those named characters. Like there is no. Um, He's just gold tooth anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Too bad. Cool model. Yeah, it was. And Scrag the Slaughter is now just if you take if you take a a butcher, you could take a butcher with a cauldron. He's and Philip the Slaughterer. If Philip the Slaughterer. Once again, a name to inspire terror. And with that, we've come full circle. <laughs> should we Should we close it out? I think it's probably time. I think people have got a sense. Yeah. Hey, I this mean, kid doesn't know anything about Warhammer right now. Because there's nothing new in this show. Nothing any listener hasn't heard. It's just, hey, look, Chris is interested again, and we wanted to talk about it, what he was liking about it, and it turned into questions and answers and... I've had a good time. Me too. And I think... Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, and thanks and for again, thanks to Alex for uh, letting me take his seat for uh, for his absence. Yeah, well... And hopefully he has a great tournament. Yeah, no kidding, man. I'm waiting. I was yeah. hoping to get a voicemail from If you're him, listening, sir, I, I hope you're doing well, and I hope by the time you hear this, it's one, over one way or the other. I hope you had great success. And if you didn't, blame it on Christopher. Hmm. <laughs> I see what you did. You're a jerk. I am! But... I'm a jerk who has patrons, and so I want to thank them again. All right. All those people. Hey, remember, check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash garagehammer. And uh, once again, thank you to our newest sponsor, uh, Sheldon, Sheldon Turner. Uh, thank you all for being part of the 1%, folks. It's uh, it's uh, amazing and humbling and wonderful thing that you are doing um, to help the show. So thanks much. And folks... Um, Until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant, only the faithful will stand when all others fall, and only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes, or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garage hammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at GarageHammer. And Alex, that's me, is at SomeKindOfGeek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at SoundCloud.com slash Claire Seabrook Music. Finally, if you want to join the GarageHammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at 
the Grand Alliance forums. That's tga.community. Or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.